Okay. We're All on. All right. Cool. Hoshkelbin is. Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And we're here to talk about the episode 15. The episode 15. I don't know what I was going for. Um, <laughs> episode 15 of Senchal Kopma, which I think had some pretty um, differing feelings and reactions from people overall as an episode, at least on social media it did. Um, I but I, I loved it personally. Um, I... I liked every minute of it. And um, yeah, honestly, I'm just really proud of them for getting us an episode with all the craziness they had going leading up to this particular episode. Right. Um, Obviously, it was shorter than normal, which I'm sure everybody noticed. But I was a little bit appreciative. It was easier to watch and take notes. Yeah. (laughs) I hate to say that, but so was I. Uh Uh-huh. It was Um, easier on my schedule. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we're not happy for the reason, but you know. Right. Um, yeah. So hopefully, Elgin is recovering and that it seems like everybody else on set has been healthy. They've tested like, I think they all took like three to four tests over the course of five days. Like, okay. So they, they were being very diligent about um, like making sure the rest of the cast and crew was staying healthy. Hmm. Um, so anyhow. Um, homework. Let's see. Homework. What? What? I do that so much. Housekeeping. That's all right. You could. We um, can just start calling it homework. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I call whenever I call this homework, like taking the notes and stuff when watching. Mm. So, but I write housekeeping in my notes. So I don't know why my brain always goes to homework. But um, I don't think I have too much. Actually, I just was laughing about a couple things because last night. I was like trying to navigate the Blue TV website. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not the website, the app. The website's easier to navigate because if you open it on Google Chrome, um, you know, it'll auto translate a lot of this stuff for you into English. Okay. But first, I don't know if it's just because of the fact that it's foreign country based or what, but I like couldn't create an account on the website. So, I tried – I downloaded the app from the app store okay. and did it that way. But then I was like, you know, when you have an iPhone, like, everything's connected to iTunes. So you don't, like, need to input credit card info the way you would, like, on a website because it just uses whatever you have stored in your Apple ID, like, mm-hmm. for stuff. So basically I accidentally signed up for a year's subscription <laughs> of Blue TV. But it always – it didn't, like, give you a prompt asking if you want to complete the purchase? Well, it did, but I thought I – I don't know what I was thinking. It was, like, 11 <laughs> o'clock last night. I don't know why I was doing this. It was after I finished the Senchal Kofama episode, and I was like, I want to watch – all going to be in Turkish, too? Yes. So I was like, <laughs> I want to watch Aina and Aina. So I, like – so I'm, like, navigating this, and I'm just, like, double-clicking my side button on my phone to, like, download the app, and then uh-huh. and then I'm, like, creating my account, and then I swore it said something about, like, watching for free, and so I was like, oh, yeah, like, duh, so I, like, clicked it, and then all of a sudden, it gave me a prompt. It was all in Turkish, but I put it through Google Translate, and it basically was, like, payment successful, like congratulations type of a thing and i was like huh so then i got my little hosh gildan email from them uh-huh. and it was like 46 dollars 99 oh for a whole year oh my gosh <laughs> like, 
Wow. So I watched the first two episodes last night with no subs. <laughs> they're oh like they're like seven minute long episodes. They're like little skits. Okay. So it's not like I watched five hours of television. They're just tiny little skits. Yeah. Um, and then while I was eating lunch earlier when we were getting ready to record, I turned on the third episode and that one actually had a little um, caption button and oh. English subtitles. So Oh, nice. So I think just some of their stuff has subtitles. Um, but yeah. So anyways, Moran was like, well, I guess this is a really great way to learn Turkish is watch that stuff and you've – because your only option is to it watch out. it. Yeah, and figure it out. <laughs> so that's anyways, funny. I just had to share that because I was like, oh my gosh, this would be what happens when I'm trying to navigate a foreign website where I understand like one word out of every 50 that is showing on the screen. <laughs> But oh man. Anyhow, so yeah. And then Ruby from our Facebook group has a really funny theory, but I'll, well, I'll talk about that when we get to the fragments because it has to do with the fragments for uh 16 next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I think that was all of my housekeeping. Nothing exciting or fun like <laughs> like last week. Everyone like loved your stories last week. You were like the star <laughs> of the episode last week. Everyone was I'm like really... Ashley is so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then I'm I'm glad that I'm not the only awkward person out there. And if you guys are awkward like me, then uh, hopefully that brought you some comfort. <laughs> oh, so many people were messaging the social media like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so Ashley. Like, oh, man, like I was Ashley. It's like uh, with your flower teddy bear story with um <laughs> with just the book signing so many people were like i am totally ashley with that like so That's so funny well <laughs> then congratulations <laughs> <laughs> oh the fedex guy just walked up you guys i ordered even more under armor stuff like <laughs> i oh have a gosh. problem yeah you do have a problem <laughs> You have a you have a consumerism problem. <laughs> I I totally 100% do. The sweater I'm wearing right now is Yeah, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. You see a character wearing something on a DZ and Kristen buys it. So, pretty much immediately. <laughs> pretty much. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, before we get started, uh we have a little uh new announcement and uh we're excited because we're going to be uh partnering up with north america 10 and you guys probably are aware of north america 10 if you're a dz fan no doubt you've seen some of their stuff around especially if you are a fan of like kavanch or evo or uh many of the other turkish actors that we know and love evet uh-huh so uh we're excited because we're going to point you to some resources for Essential Kapama that are available on North America 10. And they are a network of more than 25 social media platforms and websites that bring perspective on Turkish entertainment and culture to English speakers. So new trailers of Essential Kapama are available with some of the best translation on the North America 10 YouTube channel. And for those of you who like to go back to your favorite scenes, that's totally me. Hmm. There's also an episode guide available on the NA10 website, which is www.northamerica10.com. We'll have a link in our episode notes for you guys. Mm-hmm. 
So we'd like to thank them, our new affiliate partner, North America 10, for enriching the experience for all of us. And we're excited because we have more in uh, more plans to do together in the future. Yes. So we are looking forward to that. And uh, so, yeah, you guys check out their website, their YouTube channel. They're present all over social media. I believe yeah, there's Twitter, Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah. So lots of good stuff. Uh, so shall we... Jump yes, right let's in. Dive in. Okay. So the first thing I wrote was actually okay. So I actually took not really notes, just random little thoughts while I was watching live. Oh, okay. Just little bullet points. This was my progression of feelings. Okay. Um I uh, I wrote so Sercon was only concerned about her safety. When we get to that scene, we'll talk about it more, but I just love that. Um I said, I love that he would rather her hate him than be reminded of her parents' death every time she looks at him. He's wearing that dang ring. Someone save that globe. Mm. <laughs> um, tropes and cliches work. That's why they exist. And that's why we love them. Uh, the two parent bolots need to get their crap together. And someone tell the truth, I don't care who at this point. Hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. We were just like all my initial thoughts. But um, hallelujah, they don't make us watch that scene. Yeah, thankfully. Again. Yeah. yeah. So Edda is at home feeling terrible. So she calls Fifi of all people. But, you know, sometimes you just need a specific person to come mm-hmm. help you in your time of need. And she chooses Fifi to help her out. So – uh, Serkan is also at home. Uh, he is pensive. He's staring up into the sky. Mm-hmm. And then we do a quick scene change and Angan is there. So I'm – one thing that I loved about this and that I have loved from the start of this show is that they each have a friend group to rely on and to lean on during these crappy times because – we all know yeah. that in life, life is not always sunshine and sparkles. And when the poop hits the fan, it really, really helps to have at least a couple people to lean on and to yeah. get comfort from. So it's so nice to see that they both have that. I agree. Um, well, and like I like how you said like sometimes you just need certain people for certain things. Mm-hmm. Like because, you know, different personalities and people in your life are going to bring different perspective and comfort, so to speak, in their own way. Yeah. Um, And I like that because sometimes you need someone who's just going to kind of like be your hype person and Mm -hmm. like tell you it's going to be fine. You're going to get through this. You're going to stand up and be, you know, be stronger for it. And sometimes you just need someone who's going to cry with you and like say Mm -hmm. this sucks. Like, yep. You're not ready to hear that you're stronger than this or that you're going to be all right. You know, sometimes you just need someone who's willing to sit in that crappiness with you you know Mm -hmm. totally totally so Engen asks what happened and Serkan tells him that he it was a difficult decision but Mm -hmm. he did what he had to do which is just freaking heartbreaking I know Uh, so he's like okay well did you tell her Mm -hmm. and Serkan says no and he says the fact that she has Everything that she's lived through has been hard enough for her. 
I don't want her to remember her parents every time she sees me. <sighs> so this, to me, was helpful. Mm-hmm. This scene was helpful to me to know his perspective. Because Agreed. at the end of last episode, you guys heard us talking about it. And I was like, tell her, tell her, tell her. Which mm-hmm. I still she, – she still needs to know. But it – makes more sense to me now why he made this decision that in the end he he was just trying to protect her right like it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even that he chickened out it wasn't right. he genuinely is just like i really believe this will hurt her more than mm-hmm. me just winding up being who she originally thought i was yeah and like again just the fact that he's willing to make that kind of sacrifice like mm-hmm. He loves her. Yeah, he does. Then that's because we get that's yeah, the crux of it, right? Well, and we get these parallel conversations next, right? Yeah, you know where Edda's saying her thing to Fifi and Sarkon saying his thing to uh, Engin. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, "I was right to call him a robot. He really is a robot." And then, of course, Sarkon saying to Engin, "I made her believe that I was an insensitive robot." And then. Fifi, I like it because she's kind of like, which this is what I was expecting. I During yeah. the live watch when I was doing my reactions on Instagram, I was like, oh, she's calling Fifi. She is going to go kick his butt. Yeah. And so, of course, it was so Fifi of her to say, like, I'm going to go take care of this and he's going to hear it from me. Yeah. Um, but Edda's like, no, don't. It's not even his fault. Like, it's my fault for thinking that he could change. Right. And of course, Sarkon's like, it's my fault. He's telling mm-hmm. Ingen it's all his fault. And oh my gosh. Oh, this line. This line. <laughs> it is a mistake that I thought I was worthy of an angel like her. Oh. Again, with his self-worth issues, with his you abandonment can't. issues. Well, like, why Why do I love a, a broken hero so much? Oh, <laughs> the broken, why? tortured ones? Why? why? What's wrong with me that I love a man who is suffering? <laughs> I know. I, I know. I love an emotionally scarred man. Like, and you know, it's probably very, like, it probably has these very, like, anti-feminist roots of, like, I can fix him and I can. I don't know, though. I don't know about that. I, I, part of it, I think, maybe part of it is just wanting to see them suffer. Okay, I actually like that. (laughs) But I think also there's just this idea that, because when they are broken and when they are emotionally scarred or whatever, Mm -hmm. it, it, they, they almost seem to feel deeper. Like, yeah. th- there's this whole perception, especially of Serkan, that he's a robot, he's an emotional, mm-hmm. he's insensitive, all these things. But what we're seeing through the progression of their relationship is that he is, in fact, the opposite. Mm-hmm. He feels so deeply that he can't even bear to have Eda hurt when she yeah. looks at him. So he would rather she hate him. So it's to me, it's it's like the opposite. They Mm -hmm. they seem on the outside. The way that they react maybe is because uh, they actually feel so much more deeply than they let on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like that. It 
it's funny it, you saying that. I don't know. It just made me think of this. Um, uh, somebody on Twitter has been like subbed very sweetly, like subtitling um, portions of like an older interview from earlier this year. It's like mm-hmm. it was like a two hour long thing. Oh, wow. So she's been just like summarizing certain portions and, you know, big quotes and things that Karem has said. Well, in a live that he did with one of his friends, because he did a lot of Instagram lives during the earlier days of quarantine. Yes. Um, his buddy is Moo. Was his name Moo? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, they were doing a live and he, this girl, gosh, I wish I had written down her Twitter handle. Um, she basically was like, oh my gosh, like, this is terrible because he was talking about that interview that he had done and how it was like two hours. They talked about all kinds of really great stuff. Hmm. But what did they make like the clickbaity thing? Oh, Karen Burson cries in the shower, like admits it, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. So get that. Like, you know, again, a sensitive man. Yeah. But the thing is, it the girl was explaining – She's like, it wasn't even – I can't even believe that's what they used for this gossipy, clickbaity headline because what he was actually talking about was one of his old DZs, mm-hmm. uh, Sh- Sharef Malesi. Um, and it was they had just finished filming a really heavy episode mm-hmm. and he was like still struggling with it. And when he got home, he just like had to let it all out as he took oh a shower gosh. that night. Like he just oh had to gosh. like expel this – emotion that he was still like like and the fact that he even like admitted something vulnerable like that that then they wound up just using for some trashy like draw to get people to like watch this interview um and it's like yeah so i i don't know it just (laughs) like um all that to be said like it sucks because it's like i think there's this thing like yeah when men feel so deeply it can wind up being like used against them rather than like right you know what i mean like as or, a or it's you it's said like it's an emasculine thing right um it's looked at as a bad thing mm-hmm. where where it's like why mm-hmm. why is this a bad thing right we're we're emotional creatures as humans mm-hmm. yeah. we all have emotions that includes men <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so, anyway and, yeah <laughs> Anyhow, sorry, keep going. No, no, we that was a good discussion. Um, so yeah, we have more of the parallel conversation. Oh, yeah, because she says he's not what he appeared to be. I thought he was my soulmate, and then uh, Sarah Khan rips our heart apart again by saying, My soulmate, it's her, Eda. She says he didn't love me at all. And she said, he says, if she only knew that she meant more than anyone else, more than anything else. But I also eat this up and I love it so much. I know. I just love it. (laughs) That it's like, she thinks it's all out of this terrible, he's this awful human being, but he's really just sacrificing himself over and over. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. And they both love each other so much. Mm -hmm. And Edda says he only thinks about himself. And he says... I had to think about her first mm. and foremost. Yeah. And again, better for her to hate me than for her to know the truth. So that's kind <sighs> of the rest of it. Except yeah. that Edda suddenly is like, I won't let myself be destroyed. Uh, 
I saw mm. what Celine did. You warned me. Idon warned me. Even his mother tried to warn me, but I'm so stupid. And then she gets all worked up. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I specifically remember having a moment like this <laughs> um, with an ex-boyfriend. <laughs> and now, oh, I guess much like Sarah and Ada, we worked together. Mm-hmm. So it was like I just kind of like let him have it after work one night and we were both leaving. But it felt so good. <laughs> like <it> just- <laughs> well, he deserved it. He deserved a lot worse. I Again, I'm Fifi in this relationship, guys. You are. You totally are. And Ashley I- was like totally my hype woman. Like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that man. dude, I saw him coming from a mile away. She most certainly <laughs> did. And like a good friend, she warned me, but I oh, did not listen. He um, was a smooth talker. I can't, mm-hmm. it, you know, I can't I know. blame you. <laughs> My poor, dumb 19-year-old self. Um, yeah, but it, it, yeah, there's just something so great about being like, I didn't know what to say in the moment hmm. because most of the time when you have those instances, you don't get to go back and like say those things. Right. But in this instance, Edda created a moment and I did the same and it mm-hmm. was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so you felt the kind of catharsis that Edda is about to experience? I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so um, essentially – she goes and she chews him out. Mm-hmm. She walks up and she tells him, who do you think you are? Who are you? I am not letting you ruin my life a second time. And he says, Edda? Like, he's just spinning that she's even there. Well, because he had just been looking at her star, saying oh. goodbye. Goodbye, Edda Yildiz. And then he walks away and here she comes. Serkan Bolat! Serkan Bolat! And she storms <laughs> onto his property. So... She says, what do you mean, Edda? No, you will listen to me. Look at me. Because he's not looking at her. And she's like, no, you're going to look me in the eye. You were in love yesterday. Declarations, romantic dinners, shopping for stars. How unbalanced are you? <laughs> and I mean, it with the information she has, you can't blame her for this. Uh-huh. Of course, he's kind of looking up and away. And she says, um, tell me, let me tell you what kind of a person you are. You And this is when she starts poking him in the chest. And she says, you are a rude, inconsistent <laughs> coward. Oof. Mm-hmm. And she says, and I'm sorry for any time I spent with you. I stood against everyone. And you de- you destroyed my walls. I revealed myself to you. And he says, look, Edda. And she goes, no, I let you offend me. But you'll see. You'll see who it is that will will offend who. And then he starts to say her name again, and she says, shut up and listen to me. (laughs) I existed before you, and I will exist after you, Serkan. And he says, I know this. And she goes, listen, there's nothing in your life that could ever replace me. And then she mic drops and walks off. And then when she's out of earshot, he says, I know. Oh, (laughs) And then and, my heart got twisted again. Uh-huh. Because no, listen, here's the thing. I 100%, again, with the information she has, 100% support what she went and did. Mm-hmm. 
But we have all the information, which means we right. also have the information Sircon has. And he had to sit there and endure that, knowing yeah. that none of the things she's saying are actually true. Mm-hmm. But he just lets her believe it because he truly thinks like this is going to be better for her. It'll be easier for her to get through this than it will be knowing that his family was the cause of her parents' death. Yeah. Yeah. So she's on her way out and she stops because basically the adrenaline wears off and the emotions start to come back and she starts to kind of realize, you know, she gets back into the understanding that they really truly are broken up Mm -hmm. and everything that she thought about him is supposedly a lie. And I appreciate this so much because I feel like we either paint this picture that either you have to be just this strong, stiff upper lip, get through this stuff, and you're not actually allowed to feel sad or you're weak. Um, You know, you're not allowed to like feel the feelings. It's like, I love that we get both sides of Edda. We get this whole like, no, I am going to be okay. I I did exist before you and I will exist after you. But also, we don't see that it's not affecting her. Like, yeah. we yep. get to see her feel the loss to go through the grief as well. Because guess what? You can be strong and still have feelings and mm-hmm. not and not be okay at times and, yeah. and not feel that strength at times and have to just, like, have those moments, you know, those, you know, metaphorical cry in the shower moments. Like, right. And honestly, there <laughs> – it's there's that whole conception again that whole mm-hmm. conception that being sad and feeling the emotions that come after something like a breakup that that mm-hmm. is somehow weak or signifies weakness mm-hmm. when i when that isn't the case at all no. you're you're processing and you're allowing yourself to feel those feelings which is big in and of itself mm-hmm. and there's this is it's kind of a left field thing but since we're on this topic there's this Jap animation movie called Spirited Away by Hayao mm. Miyazaki. And I love his films, if you guys are familiar with them. Um, anyway, there's a scene where this little girl – so it's it, – the, the movie is about a little girl. She kind of gets – spirited away into this into this like spirit world and she's stuck there and her parents have been turned into pigs <laughs> but she she's like just this little girl dealing with this brand new reality that she's stuck in and there is kind of a helper who she meets and um she like has a really rough first night and then he's like okay meet me here. I'm going to help you find your parents. I'm going to take you to them. And he has this like rice cake thing for her when they meet up. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I'm not hungry. And he tells her, no, it'll give you strength. Um, And she eats it. And then she just starts crying. And there's something about that picture that has always really stuck with me that that thing giving her strength, that thing Mm -hmm. building her up, it strengthened her. And that picture of that strength was her crying and her mm-hmm. like letting out the emotions and yeah. i've always thought that was such a beautiful <laughs> picture yeah because of the fact that crying and emotions is, is so often seen as a weakness mm-hmm. when that's not the case at all that's a really really good like picture mm-hmm. <laughs> like i haven't even seen what you're talking about but i'm i like was picturing that perfectly in my head while you yeah, described like she it she finally can release yeah. everything that she's been kind of 
bottling up because she's just having to deal with everything. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like this is kind of one of those moments for Eda where mm-hmm. she has said her piece to Sarkhan, but now it all is kind of hitting her mm-hmm. and the reality comes in. And then who else comes over is Aidan sees her. Yes. So I have a question for you before. Mm-hmm. Do you have the screenshots of I their do, stuff? Yeah. Okay. So I, while you're grabbing those, do you think Idon was saying this because she was under the impression that he had actually told Edda everything? Or do you think she just thought they broke up like what actually happened? Because there were people who were like, I feel like she was super sweet about this because she thought that he had told her about her parents. Or do you think she genuinely was just like, this sucks no matter what. And so I'm just going to like try to comfort her. That's ooh, that's a good question because I had wondered the same thing about Alptikin later on. That for sure, I believe. that That's what then brought me back to Aidan. Like, mm-hmm. oh, because Alptikin later when we get to that scene clearly is under the impression that Ifair knows about what happened to her brother and his wife. Yes. So – it made me think, okay, then was Idon operating under that same assumption in this scene? Right. So I am you would you would kind of think so, mm-hmm. but I also kind of think that her reaction would be the same if they had just broken up. Mm-hmm. But it, I would just I would assume that because she doesn't she asks Sircon later, right? If if he told her I think so. Um, uh, now I'm like double – I'm second-guessing myself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she actually asks him later, but obviously they're broken up. No yeah. matter what her understanding is or what her assumption is, mm-hmm. clearly Ada is upset and they're broken up now. Yeah. So I think either way, I think maybe because of Idon's personal experience and her background and mm. the fact that she did come to care for Eda, mm-hmm. I think that might have really been why she reacted this way. Okay. Uh, but she essentially apologizes. She says, whatever you say, you're right. But trust me, I'm so, so sorry. Mm. Because he upset you so much. He hurt you. And Eda says, he ripped away. He ripped my soul away and took it. He ripped out my soul and he trampled on it. Why did he do it? How could he? How could I let him do this? Mm-hmm. And Aidan says, listen, Eda, you're so young, you're strong, you're beautiful. And right now it seems impossible, but you will make it through. Mm-hmm. One day you'll see yourself come back to life and new new happiness will knock on your door. Have we talked about the Senchal Kapama knock on my door thing? On the podcast? I know you and I have. Um, I don't know if we have, actually. Okay. Because who was it that, that explained it to you? I believe it was Domla. Okay. Um, I'm almost positive it was her. And yeah, because she was saying like that's a that's a phrase. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And it's referring to your heart. Um, But yeah, it's like a thing because it was like knock on my door. Like we don't say things like that really right. here um, right so we and we've admitted before we know we lose a lot in like cultural translation totally um like for example i had i had had to ask miriam take a quick little detour i guess we're i guess we're doing a lot of detours this episode <laughs> um because i you know you guys i've told you guys i'm watching 
one of Karem's older daisies. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, when they have like a really weird translation of something, I can usually decipher what they're actually trying to say. Okay. Like, do you remember when we covered episode five of Central Kapama and they were talking about looking at the celebrities and it was like, okay, well, they clearly mean stars, but they – they clearly translated the wrong version of yes. star to celebrity. <laughs> yeah. This one I couldn't figure out because it was talking about the the captions kept saying, You um you kept you gave me back my punchlines. Now, because I watched the show, every time she said the word punchline, I actually knew she was referring to her ballet slippers. But I was like, how in the world is it translating ballet slippers to punchline? Yeah. And so I had asked Miriam. I said, look, usually I can decipher stuff like this. I cannot figure out why a set of ballet slippers keeps being translated as punchline. Okay. And Miriam's like, oh, so I had sent her like the video clip and she's like, oh my gosh, they went way too far with like laughing faces. She says, so pabooch is a shoe or a slipper and that's the word that she's using to describe her ballet shoes. Okay. She says, but there is an expression of someone having a pabooch tongue which means someone who always has punchlines ready or is or always has an answer for every argument. Okay. So because she was using the phrase pabooch, Turk Flick translated it. It was like being translated to punchlines, even though it wasn't talking about a tongue at all. Okay. So anyways, That's I just thought, funny. oh my gosh, yeah, another way. Like I probably would have gotten that had I known that phrase. Mm-hmm. I would have been able to decipher that myself. That's um, funny. But it just made me think of that because, yeah, knock on my door is not a phrase that we tend to use metaphorically too much. Right. You know, well, here. And, and she she mentioned that it's something that they'll kind of refer to it as like if you're dating someone or mm-hmm. like is, oh, is someone knocking at your door? Like it, that's kind of the yeah. colloquialism of it, right? Like courting you, I believe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's it was just interesting to me that the dialogue here because Idan says – new happiness will knock on your door. Mm-hmm. So Edda just kind of says, when will that happen? Let them come as soon as possible. And then Aidan says, it will pass. I give you my word, it will pass. Mm. And then Edda kind of, you know, gathers herself mm-hmm. <laughs> up a little. Mm-hmm. And she's here for it. it. Uh-huh. She says, it will. It will pass. I'll pick myself up. Of course it will. But you need to ask yourself how it could be that you raised such an insensitive and emotionless son. And then she walks away. Again, a mic drop. Uh Like that had to feel so good, like a little bit of a balm to her aching soul right now. Mm Because obviously it doesn't make it all better. But just that feeling of like knowing you got that that last, you know, Mm -hmm. line in. She had a little bit of a pabooch tongue, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) Just thought of that. Thank you, Miriam, for teaching me that. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Anyways, that's when I was like, okay, that also could – if Idan had been operating under the assumption that Eda knew everything, Mm -hmm. that right there would indicate, okay, clearly she doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. So – Let's see. We get a quick little thing where Ifair is going to like – Ifair is going out of her mind. She wants to go see Edda and talk to her. But Jaren's like, listen, right. Fifi's with her. Just – you know, and of course she's like, Fifi, she's not someone to help during a time of heartbreak, you know. And she's like, listen, that's who she asked for. Mm-hmm. 
I think we just need to calm down. I'll explain everything to you. Like basically just chills her out to like not not push it with Edda right now. Right. Oh, and we do get a little quick explanation for Elgin's absence. Uh, yeah. Melo is at, away at her cousin's wedding out of town. So. Mm-hmm. So Alptekin comes in mm-hmm. and he sees Serkan and he apologizes to him. But Serkan is not having it at all. No. No, he does not. I did also take note the globe is alive because mm-hmm. I, I swore that thing got shattered last episode. But somehow – I think it just got like thrown, thrown off the table. Yeah. Okay. Cuz that it's it's magnetic mm-hmm. obviously. So uh I think he just I think they just separated and Okay. I, I think it looked more dramatic than it was. <laughs> well, but it's like it kind of deflates my whole like his world shattered. So of course the globe <laughs> did. Like Hey, the, the table shattered. So well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was happy to see the globe alive and well, but mm-hmm. um yeah. Anyways. But you also notice, too, as he's, like, having Safey pack everything and all that, he keeps his ring. He does. So. He, it's – he, like, cannot take it off. No. I like, love it. <laughs> I do, too. That's why I said, honestly, I'll take them broken up and all this stuff as long as he's wearing that ring. Because the mm-hmm. second he takes that ring off, then we're in trouble. Like, right. Then I know we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. So Baba, yeah, he's like not having it with Baba. Yeah. Well, and Sarkhan essentially says it's all your fault, mm-hmm. and but because of your pride, you don't see it. And then Alptekin says Keshke, mm-hmm. and then uh, Safi comes, and Sarkhan essentially says that because of all this, that he's he's going to move out soon, mm-hmm. and that is a big shock to them. Yeah. And so now Safi and Alptekin have both heard this and poor Safi doesn't know what the heck is going on. I know. I feel so bad for him because all he knows is that things are bad. Uh-huh. Things have been weird and tense for a little while because he knows there's all this secretive stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And then next thing he knows, he's being told to pack up Edda's stuff and return it to her. So clearly he can put together that they're broken up. But right. he has no idea why and why all this tension is even thicker than normal. Because, you know, mm-hmm. the tension's always there with him and his dad. But the fact that he's saying he's moving out. Yeah. Like, that's That's a big, big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for Idon. Well, right, because he explains, you know, to Edda early on, yeah, I live on the same property as my parents because otherwise I'd never see my mom and mm-hmm. it was very important to her, so I did it. Mm-hmm. Like, so the – yeah. But part of me too is like, good. You need – that environment so toxic for you right now. And I don't like to throw that phrase around a lot because I think it gets overused. But right. I mean, like, his parents have some – even I, Don, yeah, I know Baba's more the culprit in this overall – because Idon didn't know about this until just recently. Right. But even, honestly, the advice – you know, we just said this. The advice she gave him last week was terrible. The advice he wound up taking. Um, you know, so it's just – I think he needs to get out from under their thumbs a little bit. Yeah. At least it's, temporarily. Yeah. 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 So, Just anyhow. to get some space. Yeah. Yeah. So he asks Safi to pack up Ada's things. And mm-hmm. then right before – uh, Safi leaves with all the stuff. He also has him add the globe. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – I'm sorry. That's like a little bit later. But yeah, um, we, it's kind of back and forth. So it's it's fine. We just kind of covered it. Yeah. All at once. Yeah. 
Uh, so Fifi, we have a cute little moment between Fifi and Eda where Fifi brings Eda some milk. And, and mm-hmm. I, I love that she basically asks, so are we going to burn all of the stuff that reminds you of Sercon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Eda, good for her. She says, no, because I'm not the type of person who's afraid of memories. I love that contrast it clearly painted because uh, like Sarakon's immediate reaction is to like try to physically erase her from his life mm-hmm. um, because it's just going to hurt him mm-hmm. to see that. Um, whereas she's like she knows it might hurt, but she wants those memories because there's good tied in with the bad. Like, yeah. And I, I love that contrast between the two of them. And I also think it's an important thing for her, for us to hear her say, because I think it's going to be good foreshadowing for when she does find out mm-hmm. about the connection with her parents. Yeah. Because she's she will be able to handle it. Yeah. Maybe not immediately, but eventually she will be able to deal with it. Yeah. Yep. Um. So she basically says, you know, what is it that you always say to me? And she, mm-hmm. You know, and they basically say, like, tomorrow is the first day of my new life and i was like oh our girl so we get to tomorrow Mm -hmm. and she's getting things ready at the flower shop and she's saying to herself like uh her inner inner monologue is saying in my dream i or i dreamt of in my dreams italy the reality petunias so of (laughs) course i looked up petunias (laughs) um and because she's you know, she's clearly making a bouquet where that features petunias in it. And it's interesting because petunias represent anger and resentment. Mm. Um, and I also liked the note that I read on this one in particular said that petunias are very sensitive and easily damaged, much like somebody who is filled with anger and resentment. Mm. Uh, but then that also they can have an underlying meaning of desire and hope beneath all of that anger. Okay. So I like I, that. I do too. So yeah, again, Aisha and her like it's just a throwaway line. She it, it could very easily just be seen as a throwaway line. Like my my dream was going to Italy, but my reality is I'm making a flower bouquet of petunias. And you know, that paint that paints a picture in and of itself, like mm-hmm. just what her reality is versus her dreams. But I just love that she spends time on these little details that most people are probably gonna overlook, but she takes the time to do it anyways. Yeah. So totally. So she's still giving herself like a pep talk, right? Mm-hmm. So she says, I'm Edda Yildiz, and this is the story of how I fell in love with a handsome, heartless, shameless, heartless again <laughs> man who ruined my life with one signature. I am Edda Yildiz. I went back to where I started, but with one difference. And but then, then we get interrupted, huh? We do. Okay, because I was like, did I miss a screenshot? Because I like... I was no. like, wait, that's not a complete thought. That's right, because iFair comes in. Okay. And she says, good morning, asks how things are going, and then uh, Edda continues, but she just says, I really hate you, Serkan Bolat, to herself. Mm, okay. So they kind of explain <laughs> – Edda is basically being like, I'm doing really well. Thank you. I even made tea. <laughs> And then I, I was like, okay, sure, uh-huh. no problem. You're great. I'm gonna back away slowly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like the crazy eyes, like exactly. Because she's like, do you want to talk? And she's like, no, I don't want to. I want to work. I'm doing great. 
So that's that's that. We we don't really hear her finish that thought though of the one difference. But obviously the one difference is Serkan. Yeah. I yeah. think we can assume that. Yeah. Um so then we switch over really quickly. Basically, Safi and Idon are trying to spy on Serkan. Mm-hmm. Idon's like, okay, like he needs he needs to just go back to his normal self. Normally, he'd be out parading, getting ready for work. And I love Safi because he's like, get ready to see an overgrown. And I wrote, yes, please, overgrown. Uh, yes, please. Uh, depression slash breakup beard, here for it. Um, he says, get ready to see an overgrown and depressive Serkan. And I wrote, bless you, Safi. Uh, but then he does wind up strutting out, parading in a suit and ready for work. And Idon's like, oh, good. Everything's fine because he's just reverting to his, you know, default settings, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we switch back to the nursery. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So Eda mm-hmm. uh, has clearly told Ifair what happened with Serkan. And Ifair is – overjoyed she kind of is just like good for you mm-hmm. you stuck it to the man and yeah <laughs> good job congratulations now we can move on with your life etc mm-hmm. etc so the floral arrangement that ada has been working on is going to be delivered somewhere and she i fair tells ada oh check my phone for the address it's right in my messages well, how Ada, do you not delete your text messages between you and your mother when you know normally you don't talk to her and you know Edda would lose her dang mind? Like, yeah. Anyways. Well, she doesn't. Uh-huh. And Edda finds it mm-hmm. and hell breaks loose. And Edda is so mad. Uh huh. And she's like, she's just yelling at her. She's like, you're interfering with my life. Why would you do this? You know exactly what I think about my grandmother. You can tell your mom that I don't need anything from her and I don't want to speak to her ever. And then she just storms off. I loved that she said your mom. Mm. Like she wasn't even taking ownership of her familial ties to this woman. Mm-hmm. Like um, it just shows how deeply she feels about this. Yeah. That she wasn't even saying like tell my grandmother. It was like no, tell your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, and I wrote, um, I wrote at least one truth is out now, like, because the two most essential people in her life right now are lying to her. Yeah. Like, and both operating under the idea and guys that they are doing what's best for her. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but anyways, I also, well, you know, when we get to that point, I'll talk more about this, but Mm -hmm. So she storms off, like you said. Um, yeah. And I'm glad because she lets her have it. Again, gets to kind of expel probably some of that built up frustration and hurt. Um, yeah. And yeah. so meanwhile, Art Life, Serkan arrives and he's mm-hmm. immediately greeted by Erdem. And he's like, Layla Narade? Like, mm-hmm. and basically Layla is dealing with some family issues. So I'm guessing the actress had things going on. Um, and Erdem essentially puts it together about the breakup because – Serkan's like, okay, well, then I guess you're going to have to do my bidding today mm-hmm. and um, says something about what What does he tell him to do? Because I don't think I took screenshots for this. He basically tells him to take a look at his schedule. Like, if, if you're going to be doing this, then you need to go take a look at my schedule and look at my meetings and blah, blah, blah. And Erdem is just kind of 
not even paying attention. <laughs> right. He says something though that make that makes Erdem figure out that they broke up though. Like, and I don't remember oh, what it was. No, I I'm wrong. I'm wrong. That was later on that he does that. He tells Erdem to to get Eda's stuff and send it to her. Oh. And then oh, Erdem oh. is like, "What? What? Why would you need to send Eda's stuff home? Why do you okay. need to take it away? Does this mean that you guys are broken up?" And Sarkon's like, "Personal life and work life are separate. Thanks, dude." And well, then why are you having him do your bidding for your personal <laughs> life, Sarkon? Good point. <laughs> but Erdem essentially is like, oh, no. Oh, he's gosh. totally defeated. And he's, he's like, sitting all depressed. And <laughs> Doesn't he even and say, like, Robot Bola is, he, has he, returned or something? He does because he goes over to uh, – Suzanne? Suzanne, that's right. <laughs> and she's like – what happened? What's wrong with you? And he says, Robot Bolot is back. Because Pearl and Celine come over. They're all like, what happened? And so, yeah, he tells everybody that Eda and Serkan broke up. Uh-huh. And things are, what does he say? He says something like, the good days are gone. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in a super dramatic Erdem fashion. Exactly. And then I wrote, oh, next scene. Look at our girl out getting endorphins mm-hmm. and going for a run. And Hannah, our friend Hannah pointed out, she was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm a little jealous that she can hold down a conversation while out for a run because F.A. calls her. Yeah. Like, it's nope. She's just talking like she's not out of breath or anything. She's Uh just out running and having a phone chat. (laughs) Did you also notice that the guy, the the men she was running past were totally checking her out as she was running? Really? And that was that was probably a real thing. Like, yeah, well, because she's yeah, she's just running on the coast and mm -hmm. they had to shoot it for however long they were out there. But Mm -hmm. they're probably just normal people sitting out there and you can't even really see them. But you sure see their heads turn as this beautiful girl runs by them. Can you blame them? (laughs) I just thought that was so funny. So, yeah, if it calls. And she explains that they broke up and that she's not going to be working at Art Life anymore. And he is kind of confused because mm-hmm. he's like, well, you broke up, but that means you lose your job too? Like what? He has a point. He does. He does. And so he he's like, okay, why don't we talk? Mm-hmm. Because I want to talk to you about this project, et cetera, about work. Uh, so he, they decide that he's going to come get her, take her home, and they're going to have a little chat. Mm-hmm. So um, that happens. And then I wrote, meanwhile, our broken robot is staring at mm-hmm. his glass-encased flowers. Mm-hmm. And Celine, Ingen, Puril, they're all kind of outside the that conference room kind of discussing that sort of thing. But I love it because Ingen's like, let's give him some space, you yeah. know. Um, and – but then kind of proceeds to do the opposite by going in and then being like, hey, man, when you have a minute, come to my office. Uh, yeah. I need to talk to you about work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it appears that he's like doing exactly what Sarkon needs and just distracting him with work. But then when that scene yeah. comes up a couple couple scenes later, he actually just called him in to talk personally with him, which I kind of right. love because I'm like – Engen, Engen knows what his friend needs. Like He does. And it, I thought it was really sweet because Engen just is – clearly very upset for his friend yeah well yeah because he knows even though he lets the girls believe well you know how you know how sarkhan is when it comes to relationships you know because 
Right. Celine's He's upholding like, the whole robot. Right. Celine's like, oh, you don't have to tell me. And I love it because he tells Celine, like, watch it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he kind of lets the girls believe that, but he knows better. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, but before before that happens, we go back to Effie and Edda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Edda doesn't really, I'm sorry, Effie doesn't really understand why she can't work there if mm-hmm. they're broken up. And he kind of keeps pushing the issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's right. <laughs> it's possible to work with an ex. Well, he's um, Ed, he's being for Edda what Edda was to Celine mm-hmm. last episode. Yep. And he is kind of it's, – it's interesting because he seems to know how to push the right buttons with her. Yes. Because he's like, ah, oh, okay, so the only reason you were there was for Sircon then? Uh-huh. And she's not going to agree with that because, first of all, it's not true. Mm-hmm. And second of all, she's – that's going to irritate her to even think about that. Mm-hmm. So she's like, no, it's about my work and my success. And obviously, this is about my career as well. So he kind of just keeps baiting her in some ways. And he says, okay, well, I – don't really care what happened between the two of you and what i care about is your talent and not losing that Mm -hmm. and he said and then he's all cheeky and says i don't think you want to lose me either so he kind of just says like look i want you to work for me and i want you to work for me you Mm -hmm. be working for me not for him Mm -hmm. and this is going to be better for your career. Imagine your name being under my company, what that could possibly do for your future. Yeah. And he ends up convincing her, which, you know, again, knowing what she knows and not really knowing anything. We At this point, we don't even really know anything super concrete about F.A. Mm-hmm. And the only thing she knows are from her interactions with him. So as much as I hate it and I'm like, no, don't work for that dude because it's yeah. going to be a bad situation because yeah. we're the viewers and we can see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. I understand why she would do it. Oh, 100%. Well, yeah, because she's like, yeah, why should I hide? You mm-hmm. know, you're right. And I love, too, that he says, you know, my one condition is that you do finish school as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's like a non-starter. I, I will do that. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, okay, one more thing. And he's and he writes down a salary, which we don't get to see. But he basically uh-huh. is like, this is what everyone starts off at in Italy for me. So this is what I'm willing to pay you. How does this sound? And by her eyes, you can tell she's like, holy crap, I can't believe he's going to pay me this amount. Right. So she's very thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we switch back over to Art Life and um, – mm-hmm. When Sarkon's like, okay, you know, he goes to Angan's office, like, what did you need to meet with me about? And Angan's like, oh, yeah, I didn't actually have any work. I need to check on you. Um, and he's like, listen, man, when was the last time you took a vacation? You need rest, which, of course, goes over real well with our workaholic <laughs> robot. And, you know, Angan's like, oh, so you basically think you can just pour yourself into work because out of sight, out of mind, and you're just going to forget her? And Sarah Khan's like, yeah, essentially. But then <laughs> right as that happens, F.A. and Ida are walking in behind them. And Angan's oh, like, course. well, how's that going to work? Because <laughs> turn around, bro. <laughs> and, you know, again, right here, too, because he sees that and he's like, oh, brother, what's this? Mm-hmm. 
Efe kind of puts him in his place because, of course, Serkan's like, don't you think you should have mentioned this to me? And he's like, why? It's my company. Like, mm-hmm. she's not working for the holding. She's working for me. She's not working for Art Life. She's working for me. Yep. And he, again, has a point. Like, you don't really get a say in this, Serkan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I liked that. And so then Serkan's like, Edda, can I talk to you? And she's like, sure, we can talk, but I have nothing to talk with you personally about. So whatever you have to say, you can say it right here. Yeah. And, you know, he basically asks, like, why would you take this job if you're only going to be here for a couple of months before you go to Italy? And she's right. like, well, I'm not going to Italy. And he's like, what do you mean you're not going to Italy? And she's like, you don't get to ask me that anymore. And he's like, oh, so we're playing games now? And she's like, do I look like I'm playing a game, Sarkon? <laughs> Which I kind of love. And uh-huh. he tells her this will end badly. And then she says, how can it possibly get worse? Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Horrible. And I wrote, and then I wrote mic drop because she walks off. Like, Yeah. Well, and then Perot is like – or or Engen maybe is it's like parole, okay, you're right. Okay, it's like uh, Sarah Khan, it's time for a meeting. Let's go. Uh-huh, trying to like break the tension. <laughs> and, and yeah, but then Sarah Khan is like, oh, you go. Fa, can we talk? Uh huh. And Fa, good on him. Yep. He's like, he's like, yeah. What's up? What's what do you need? And Sarah Khan's like, what are you getting at? And Fa says. Uh, I want to work with Edda if that's okay. And Serkan says, you're hurting her by doing this, so you better stop it. <laughs> Which I <laughs> I really love him for being protective of her. I know. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, you don't have a leg to stand on. You no, broke up with her you, and you hurt yes. her more than anyone. <laughs> yes. And like, again, none of these people know what you know. So yes, right. you know that by her being forced to be around you every day, it's hurting you too, but also right. her. But yeah, like – you have to look at this from the perspective of literally everyone else, which is that you just threw her away. Like, Yes. Well, and F.A. says, Serkan, do you realize how she broke when she just lost her job? And you want her to pick it up? And he's uh, – anyway, he – but this I love because – sorry, am I saying something wrong? You no, no, it's okay. Oh, okay. Because uh, I do love this because F.A. says – I don't think we should talk about this anymore, and I think we need to have Eda decide. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yep. She is an autonomous person. It is her decision when it mm-hmm. comes down to it. Yep. The two of them can argue as much as they want, but yep. in the end, it's up to Eda, and they need to respect her decision. Yeah. So I think, did Zuzu just sneeze? Yes. Aw. I was <laughs> like, I swear I just heard a dog sneeze. Um, what F.A. had said to him – because I, I think you must be using TurkFlix subs. Yeah. Okay. Were my subs worse? Uh-huh. So, because basically what he said was, you already took all of this from her. Are you going to take mm. this as well? Like, you okay. took everything else and you're going to take this now? Okay. So, that's what he was, like, trying to say. Um. Yeah, Super Riki's been, like, killing it with the subs lately. So, I've just been using theirs. Like, Yeah. Well, um, yeah. That's <laughs> – unfortunate yes it is i pay to Uh, click same i know (laughs) so um (laughs) but it is a much higher quality video and 
a much it more is. organized and no website ads and, all and that no kind of ads. Stuff. Yeah. I love it. Yes, but no risk um, of sketchy stuff popping up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, now it's meeting time in the big conference room. It's mm-hmm. clearly tense, and Sarah Khan's like, "I have a different idea. I know we've basically finished this proposal, but we're gonna scrap it and start all over." And he is like, "Um, we're gonna do a new project from start to finish," and it does like. Again, kind of a parallel thing because she's like, oh, so yesterday this project was fine and today it's not. Mm -hmm. Like very reminiscent of yesterday you were in love and today you're not. Mm -hmm. And Efe's like, it's cool, fine. And I love it because um, Sarkon's like, and we – or no, Efe's the one who says we should split up and make two different ideas and then let the client pick. And Pearl's yeah. like, that's not really how we do it here. And he's like, well, it's how I operate. So – and Sarah Khan basically is like, nope, that's fine. Sounds good. Let's come up with two projects and we'll present both to the client. Because mm-hmm. – and even Angan points out like, you know, yeah, because either way we win because whether some of us are making one proposal and some of us are making another, either one that he chooses, we get the business for it. So why exactly. – so cool. Let's give him two options to choose from. There's no harm in a little competition. Right. So I put, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <sighs> what's next? Oh, I don't so, safety, huh? Yeah. They basically prepped a little pottery throwing area for Alptikin to try, and they're all excited about it. But Alptikin is just upset about the mm-hmm. whole situation, and he can't really focus. So because he's upset about Sarkon – and then he realizes that Seifi or, and or Serkan has not even told Aidan that Serkan is going to move out. out. Mm-hmm. So because Seifi kind of gives him the no, 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 don't mm-hmm. say anything. She doesn't know yet motion yeah. uh, as Alptikin is venting a little bit about how they're going to lose him and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And Aidan clearly doesn't know that he is moving out. Right. Because she's like, what do you mean? Like, he'll be home. We'll have dinner. We'll mm-hmm. talk things out. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um. So then Altakin just is like, I got to fix this. And nope's on out of there. Yeah. And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um. So we have a, a quick uh, PR meeting mm-hmm. with Celine and Serkan. As Serkan is very clearly not happy mm-hmm. with Ferry and F.A. just kind of leaning over Edda and mm-hmm. working all cozily. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, and Celine's like talking about work stuff and he's like staring at Edda through the mm-hmm. conference room doors. You know, Part of this part, I was like, okay, Celine, because she basically mentions that he's still wearing his ring. She does. Yeah. And, you know, and she's like, how did it come to this? And he's like, you know, that's life. And he's like, let's just focus on the holding. But, you know, I like this part where she's like, you know, Serkan, nobody even comes close to you in your ability to break women's hearts. Mm -hmm. Like, and give them hope and all this stuff. Like, and, you know, for all the crap Celine has pulled, yeah. she's not wrong. She's so, not. 
especially again given what she knows about mm-hmm. the situation and about their relationship and then everything that she experienced with him well right and then the fact that he was literally her. telling her how he fell in love with Edda and how she makes him be- want to be a better man and all this stuff and then they're broken up so yeah. she says her piece and walks out yeah um, she's kind of like we'll do this later <laughs> Yeah. Like, she can't really handle him Uh at the moment. So she walks away. Yep. So I put, let the games begin. They Mm -hmm. start to kind of work on stuff. And Serkan's pulling the big guns by calling Idol Hunnam Mm -hmm. uh, to help them with theirs. And so Edda walks outside to kind of gather herself and come up with a game plan. And, of course, the girls walk up right then. So right as she needs a good pep talk and encouragement – uh, Fifi's actually on her way in to see Erdem and deal with him. Jaren's there on business because, yeah. you know, she's the lawyer for the company. Right. Um, so they kind of have these little pep talks and uh, walk in and we get two sets of these like babe walks, <laughs> like team, team yeah, babe walks. It, like, it felt like a showdown kind of yeah. a situation because <laughs> the girls are walking in together and the men are walking down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of funny, kind of a well, showdown. It was. Well, and then when they all kind of split up because, you know, uh Edda's like, Yeah, let's not even acknowledge them. She's like, I'll see you guys later. And Sarkon at first is like confused and he's like, I'm sorry, when did Fifi start working here? Like, why <laughs> is she here? And then he asks, who does he ask? Angan, maybe? Uh huh. He's like, um, did Edda just pretend not to even notice me? Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And then Erdem is like, Vivi's here, and he starts basically malfunctioning. Uh huh. <laughs> and then we get a tense Duran and Celine moment, which I'm like, really, Celine? Really? Like, well, you're gonna be this look, shade she, of petty? But she just got left at the altar Kristen <laughs> but she was literally ready to leave him I too. know like, I know I'm just saying that humans are just more complicated than to immediately I know. You're expect right. her to be fine with another girl flirting with the guy she was living together living with an affiance to so okay okay like a week ago okay fine <laughs> Ashley fine I'm just saying, I get it. I get the humanity <laughs> aspect of it. Uh, so yes, Celine was super crappy to furry, and she deserved that. She mm-hmm. deserved what she got. I fully s- endorse that. But I just understand why right. she would. <laughs> why she chooses to be that meme that says "petty is my favorite color" when mm-hmm. it comes to Jiren. Yeah, and so Jiren's like, "I'm not playing this game. Happy reading. Here's the report. I guess get back to me whenever." And she walks out. Right. Um, totally. So then we get a quick little Fifi air dem thing, and um, basically she's like, "We're gonna talk later. I'll name the time and place." And mm-hmm. she walks out. And he's so. being all cool and just like super even keeled with her. And mm-hmm. then after she, he's like, okay, fine. And then she walks away and he, every time they interact this episode, it's so funny. It's like he's been holding his breath. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And he finally like exhales and is like, oh my gosh, okay, I think I pulled it off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, I think I played it cool. Um, so Sarah Khan now mm-hmm. is waltzing around the office. And by waltzing around the office, I mean watching Edda. Hovering by Edda. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he sees that she's wearing the engagement ring on her middle finger instead of her ring finger on her right, right. hand. But she's wearing it, mm-hmm. which he points out, like, mm-hmm. clears his throat and points out. And she's like, I love it because she's like, 
wait, um, what, which ring? What? And she's like, oh, this one? And he like, his face is so good because he just kind of like, <laughs> it's like, like that, like, how do I describe that face he made? You know, just that like, oh, brother, like, I know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. But okay. And she's like, well, I actually tried returning this to your mom, as you know, but she told me something. She said that Serkan would remember me every time he looked at it. So basically mm-hmm. that I needed to keep it. She said, so that's why I wear it. So that every time I look at it, I remember exactly what kind of person I you are. Mm-hmm. And um, and she goes, you, you understand too exactly what you are. So it worked out well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. And she's like, you're still wearing your ring. And of course, he can't admit why he's actually wearing it. So yeah. he's like, Yes, so that no woman distracts me from work anymore. Plus, it helps keep other women away, too. And she's like, but my name is written inside. She goes, so if I am benefiting another woman by keeping her away from you, great. (laughs) Like, warning her off of you. (laughs) And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. He says, so I'll ask you something. Why are you even working with F.A.? To spite me? And... I love her answer. And she mm-hmm. says, you know, I know it's sad to you that the world does not revolve around you, Sir Crumbolat, even though you think so. If I was thinking about you at all, I wouldn't even be here. I'd stay away. Mm-hmm. And he says, so it's for F.A.? And she says, no, it's for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, girl. And she says, because uh, – because F.A. is one of the important architects that I would like to work with. So this is for myself. It's for myself that I'm here. And he says, got it. That is, you chose the logical thing. And she says, from now on, I do not go about my feelings. Mm-hmm. So if there's nothing else and just kind of dismisses him. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's interesting that he used the whole logic thing because that's what he always, you know, was operating off of and now it's right like what she's operating off of mm-hmm. um and interesting that he's operating on nothing but his feelings yeah which is what she usually operates on they've kind of pulled a freaky friday here yeah um i think in what is it about this type of conflict that i, I just know. love it i do like, too i i just eat it up they're they're bantering and well and i I'll, realized how much i missed it the early yeah. episode banter from when they were still like enemies and all this right. stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I love them together and I cannot yes. wait for them to be oh, back me together. Too. But I was like, man, I forgot how much I really missed this like bickering between them because mm-hmm. it's so good. And they both can give as much as they can take. Yep. And I think that's why it's so good and why it's so entertaining mm-hmm. and why you're like, oh, yes, because the, the battle feels very equal between the two of yes, them. Yes, yes. So – um, Oh, so this is an interesting scene because this is when Alptekin comes. Mm-hmm. So he comes to Ifair. She has him sit down to have some chai or water or whatever. And he ends up apologizing for Sarkhan. And like you had mentioned earlier, it is very obvious that he thinks that mm-hmm. Sarkhan has told them everything. Right. Right. And that Ifair knows as well. Mm-hmm. Because as he starts to talk about the situation, then Ifair kind of stops him. And she's like, no, no, I understand. You know, he made a decision about a relationship mm-hmm. without thinking. And then you kind of see Altekin realize, oh, so they've 
broken up, but he hasn't actually said anything. Yeah. Um, so, um, it's, it's interesting because he starts to, uh, kind of, he, he's like, well, I need to tell you one thing. And she's like, okay. And she's all ready. And he starts to say it. He starts to gear up like he's going to tell her everything about their past and Mm -hmm. everything that he is responsible for. But he totally chickens out and he ends up bailing. So it's, I was like really excited because I was expecting him to say, to say it and expecting him to be the one. Me too. I wanted him to like, even if it was by accident, like he just kept talking, not realizing that she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Or once he realized that she didn't know, telling her anyways. But yeah. no, he cowards out. Of course he does. Like, But I'm hoping this is a good foreshadowing. And that because of this situation, because he knows that Serkan hasn't said anything, that mm-hmm. he is going to be the one who steps up and tells them. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I'm sorry. I just got a notification on the on my phone while you were talking about that. Um, we made it into the finalists for the Discover Pods Awards for People's Choice. Uh, oh, <laughs> so we're like one of the finalists. Um, oh my gosh! So I will post voting info when I drop this episode. Uh, with some links if you guys feel so inclined to go vote for us. Uh, to win a Dang. podcast award. Anyway, sorry. I was like, I got this notification and I was like, oh my gosh, but I didn't want to like interrupt your Alpine <laughs> story. Um, you were on a, you were like, you had a good flow going with it. Um, anyways, so uh, now we move on to uh, Serkan and Federi. They're kind of having a yes. meeting. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting because I, I felt like this was foreshadowing here because mm-hmm. he asks Federi what he thinks of F.A., and, of course, Farid's like, oh, you know, he's nice. He's this. He's very, you know, he's good to work with, blah, blah, blah. But Serkan totally has F.A.'s number down because he says, oh, okay, well, be careful. He's like, because I'm guessing also he just sort of casually threw it out there that he would be willing to buy your shares if you ever wanted to sell them. He's like, mm-hmm. yep, sounds about right. Like, he knows exactly, like, the seeds he's planting and the foundation he's trying to build. Um so he warns Federit to be careful. And I was like, can people please start listening to Serkan regarding business? Like, yeah. Because every time they don't, crap happens. Like, yep. And Serkan then further explains to Farid, this is exactly why I didn't want you and Celine to marry. Not because I had feelings for her, not because I wanted her, but because I basically didn't want you to be a part of this business. And yet here you are. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, so if you do wind up ever selling your shares, you need to sell them back to Celine. You owe her. And Federit's like, well, she sold those shares not for my sake, but because she couldn't handle being around you, who she's in love with. Like, um, yeah. so goodbye. And he kind of just nopes on out of the meeting. And then Angan walks in to look at some project drawings with him and the scene closes. Um, right. I guess Peril's still reporting to Idon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's still a thing. I didn't realize. Um, but and it's, it's interesting ahead. because Idan thinks Idan is happy that they're still working together because she thinks that it will cool down their relationship. Yeah, I think she's thinking that because things are so heated that it's just going to get uglier and uglier. Like, and that then eventually it'll be like, okay, yeah, what were we ever thinking? Kind of maybe, a thing. yeah. Or or just that they'll get used to being around each other 
but not in a romantic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Safi disagrees. <laughs> I love yeah, because I wrote Safi trolls her a little bit, and I'm here for it. Yeah, he's like, sure, if that's what you think. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but maybe not. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So Pearl and Celine have a little chat, and Pearl is asking as how Celine feels mm-hmm. about <laughs> the various men in her life, <laughs> and. Essentially, Celine says that Serkan will always be her first love, her greatest yeah. love, and she will always remember him that way. But what is done is done between the mm-hmm. two of them. And then for then Pearl asks about Ferit, and right, of course, at that moment, Ferit and Jaren walk by. Mm-hmm. And Celine, her attitude towards him at that moment is kind of mostly just a scorned woman like he left me at the altar i gave him my life i was gonna marry him i was gonna do all this stuff and he just left me yeah so that's kind of that yeah um so then we just basically get a work montage of both teams Mm -hmm. um not so sneakily watching edda uh when what he should really be concerned about is his biceps breaking free from that shirt he's wearing. <laughs> that outfit uh, is so good. It's dangerous oh, to my health. Like, wh- I, the waistcoat, the the shirt is so fitted and not in a way where it actually looks too small on him. Like, mm-hmm. just, oh my gosh. I know. F.A. looked really good in his outfit in this for this day, too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to think that you're hot. I know. <laughs> I know you're not going to be a good character, right. but Ali man, is, he's looking Ali good. Ali is looking good. <laughs> Ali is looking good. F.A.'s a turd. He's eventually going to be a turd, but right. Ali's looking good. Um, so F.A. can see, though, that there's like the tension. And so he basically tells yeah. Ida, is there somewhere else you'd rather work that would be more comfortable for you? That's honestly most important to me is that you're comfortable so that you can do your best work. And she eventually does say yes, that there is a place that's like her absolute favorite. Um, and so mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I'll take you there. And of course, Serkan is like not thrilled at this information because he's eavesdropping. <laughs> yeah. um, and as they're leaving, Angen is a good friend and steps in to ask the question he knows Serkan can't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, where are you going and why now? Like, we're in the middle of working on projects, blah, blah, blah. And Serkan very, very sarcastically is like, Engen, are you questioning our precious new partner? Like, he can go anywhere he wants with anyone he pleases. And oh, I wrote, man. sarcastic Serkan is my jam. Like, <laughs> I loved oh. the sass so much. Um and then we get a little bit more Layla Erdem talk where he's like, when the heck is Layla going to be back? Like, mm-hmm. how much longer do I have to deal with Erdem? Um, it's just funny because when he calls him over, this is what you were starting to talk about. And he's mm-hmm. like, listen, I've got a lunch meeting. I've got this, blah, blah, blah. And all Erdem says is Afia Dolson. Like, okay, <laughs> bon appetit. Like, not realizing he's supposed to be like taking this information in because he's in charge and, of Sarkhan's schedule right now. Yeah, like <laughs> doing something useful with it. And I oh. love that – does it start kind of ask, is it Angen who, or whoever's close by? He's like, does he understand what I'm saying? Oh, uh-huh, it's Angen. <laughs> and Angen's like, I'll take care of it. Just go, like, finish what you're doing. I will make sure he gets it. Oh, my gosh. It, it's very funny. Yeah. So 
then uh, F.A.'s dropping Edda off at the flower shop, but mm. Ifair walks up and basically winds up inviting him to stay for chai. And things mm. are still not great between her and Edda, but right. Edda's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be rude to our guest. So she's like, yeah, please mm-hmm. come have tea with us. Yeah. So they chat greenery ideas. Um, well, you know, F.A.'s kind of like, look – we we can work on work later. We're we're done with work for the day. <laughs> Don't worry, because <laughs> she's just thinking about work. She's like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about this, mm-hmm. and Fa seems to kind of be like, all right, you know, let's we can just chill for right now. Mm-hmm. We can you can calm down, and and then Ifair brings out a pastry that Polichine. is uh huh that is special from Mardin. And surprise, surprise, surprise. Guess shook, where F.A. is from. Mm-hmm. He is also from Mardin. And what? Then, yeah. You yeah. don't say. Like we couldn't see that coming. And then when he asks Ifair where they're from or kind of like who they are, who they're related to, uh, what does she even say? Does she just deflect? She just says, our surname, our surname is Yildiz. It's That's not anybody right. you'd know. Like we're not right. like big and important there. Because Edda kind of gives her a look like, oh, what are you going to say now that mm-hmm. he's asking you this, you know, prying question? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, she does deflect because she just gives their current last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I did not – I was bugged by whoever made this musical decision because he – they play that Ed Sarah song that only plays during, like, scenes between them. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a huge deal, but it's just like that particular song is one that plays during like prominent Edzer moments. And right. They were not both in the scene. So anyways, um, uh, they, you know, they, he basically senses to after Ifair walks to go grab more tea or something that there's some tension between Edda and Ifair, which right. maybe he genuinely was sensing it. Mm-hmm. Or he already knows there's, like, weird family tension because right. he's grandma's puppet. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. anyways. So, we get a quick Fifi Erdem moment because they're supposed to meet at 8 o'clock, but Erdem doesn't come. So, Fifi is all irritated. You know, I'm actually proud of him oh, for not just showing up, mm-hmm. like, and just running to her bidding. Yeah, he's, he's got the long game in mind now. Mm-hmm. Erdem mm-hmm. is changing. <laughs> yeah. So that happens. And then I wrote, oh, Ed, Sarah, FaceTime. This seemed very necessary for a question about blueprints. It was an urgent issue, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she the urgent issue being they needed him. to see each other's faces. <laughs> yeah, my note here is Ed and Sarkhan both working late, but mostly thinking about each other. Uh-huh. Because they literally – she asks a blueprint question. The conversation lasts for 30 seconds and then she just hangs up. Um, and so, um, you know, they both clearly are not saying things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're having this surface conversation about the blueprints, but it's very clear there are several other things not being said beneath that. Mm-hmm. But they hang up and then the Senchal Kapama song starts that yes. Bashak sings. And – our hearts collectively break because mm-hmm. as it's playing, Serkan, mo- he, again, can't get rid of it, just like that ring. 
out of sight, out of mind, though. Uh-huh. He moves the glass-encased flowers behind a bunch of books on the giant shelf wall of shelves behind him. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist, Kristen. Exactly. <laughs> um, and he's also flashing back to the previous night when she told him that she hated him after he broke up with her. Mm-hmm. And I put also, side note, I know we're all sad, but this does not mean we can't appreciate the shots of his waistcoat. Because they're constantly just showing his torso and nothing else in these shots. So I'm like, well, clearly you want our eyes to go there. Um, (laughs) And they did. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It worked. Um, But more, you know, more flashbacks, you know. um, Yeah. And I just wrote, ugh, my heart. And he leaves the – as he's leaving the office, he notices that F.A. is still there. Right. And he's shooting pool and F.A. basically is like, hey, man, I really love working with and competing with you. And it's really fortunate that I have Edda working for me, kind of. Even the whole competition thing, I was like, yeah, there's definitely no double meaning there, is there? Yeah. Seriously. Not at all. Especially when he brings Edda up right after that. Exactly. Um. Anyways, so Sarah Khan's like, well, I'm glad and all that, but are you ready to lose? <laughs> and F.A.'s like. Oh, see, in here I thought you were getting used to me. And Sarkhan says, I don't get used to anyone. It's easier to erase them from my life that way. And I wrote, yeah, except Edda. Yes. You are you're trying, but it's not happening. Yeah, he can pretend all you can pretend all you want, Sarkhan Bay, but we all know the truth. Well, and even FA says, Oh, I'm well aware. Uh I have a basically I have had a very close interaction with that exactly. And I wrote, Ooh, you need some aloe for that burn, Sarkhan, because mm. FA's not wrong. Yep. And then Sarkhan's like, I don't think you should be talking about Edda. And I'm like, oh, you better listen, F.A., because <laughs> that dude knows how to box, So, which we'll, fi- we'll find As out we soon, too. As we see in, like, the next scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I just wrote, poor Sarkhan. He looks like the villain to everyone and kind of has to keep that up. So right. he walks away, and I wrote, and oof, he has now redefined hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. Listen, I don't know if I have ever laughed harder than that tweet that has been going around. <laughs> Where Edda's doing the presentation <laughs> and, and on the screen instead of the landscape. It's <laughs> Do you know he liked that tweet? He liked that tweet. <laughs> I just kept looking at it and I just, every time I looked at it, I just was laughing harder. Because they caught it where she's like pointing her hands at the screen too, and then it's she's got like a little, <laughs> and it's him. It's I think it's the I think it's the still of him climbing that like slope at the end yes, of the episode. You're right, but oh my gosh, because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And then I was like, he liked this tweet. He also liked a tweet where someone made the Google logo, but the two O's with his cheeks, his butt. <laughs> he liked that too so i was like okay well he must not mind being objectified to a degree because yeah look we don't we don't mind a couple of good a good pair of cheeks here oh my gosh i was i mean that tweet alone was hilarious but then when i saw it under his liked tweets i was like oh my god and he wasn't tagged in it or anything so i'm like he sees everything we probably tweet 
even if we do or don't tag him. Hey, he's you know what that says to me? That says he has a good sense of humor. Yes, and it that does. He doesn't take himself too seriously because I, yes. how freaking like that is objectively funny. It is so <laughs> so funny. This oh is the side gosh. of like being in a fandom. One of the sides that I love so much is people get so creative with their oh edits. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, I mean, some of them are just super emotional and beautiful and gorgeous. And mm-hmm. then you have these other ones that are just comedy gold. Oh, my and- gosh. Just hilarious. Anyways. Oh, man. So. That was like the highlight of my week. Was seeing- so good. So <laughs> maybe if I remember, I'll add that photo to the Instagram post because <laughs> – it's it's just really funny. Um, oh man! So, so Idan is waiting for Serkan to get home. Yes, and poor Serkan. Oh my gosh, because she's just lying in wait, <laughs> just staring. Yeah, waiting for him to come home. And uh, essentially, she is gonna do her best to reconcile Serkan and Alptekin. Mm-hmm. So she goes and checks on him, and he is very much not happy to have her over there but he says okay sure fine come on Mm -hmm. and she's like look we we check on you because we care and she asks him if he wants to talk about alptekin Mm -hmm. and he's like look mom there's nothing to talk about yeah he says i want to forget what he did but i can't Mm -hmm. and um she says sorry oh he says i can't I can't forgive you. Was it you or him? Him. That's he's talking. He's okay, talking that's what dad. I thought. This that's whole thing I is thought. about his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that my translation said you, and I'm like, yeah. I don't think that's right. Um, so he says, when I think about what he did, I feel like I'm going crazy, and mm-hmm. I don't want to see him anymore. That's why, mom, staying here is not a good idea, and I have to move out. So she's blindsided, mm-hmm. and he is kind of like, oh, you didn't know? Shocking. Mm-hmm. So he says, look, mom, I'm sorry, but Mm -hmm. I can't be here. Yeah. And he says, why don't we just talk about this later? And then he kind of tells her, you know, it's already late. I need to Mm -hmm. go to bed. I'm really tired. And she is kind of just left there after being shocked by this news. Right. Realizing that she's not – she's only going to see him if he comes over, but he's probably not going to come over as long as Baba's home because he doesn't want to see Baba. Yeah. Um, So – uh, meanwhile, we're having a game of Serkan darts with the girls, uh-huh. and she's Edda's telling them about her salary and how good it is, and how she wishes that the university had an installment plan because she could make payments, you know, to pay for her education now. Right. And the girls are like, "Well, let's let's make it happen." Like, I'm your lawyer, and basically Fifi's Fifi and works all kinds of magic that we don't know about, mm-hmm. and you know, like let's let's propose this and see if we can make it happen. And she's yeah. like, you know what? I love that. You're right. She's like, but you know what? I want to do this on my own. I'll make, I'll set up a meeting and I'll go talk to them about this. Yeah. Um, you Which know, because good for her. Yeah. Because while now that she's not going to be finishing university in Italy, she is going to finish it here in Istanbul, which yep. someone, it might've been Ruby, but somebody pointed out like, isn't it interesting that, yeah, she's not going to Italy, but a big part of her wanting to go to Italy was, studying you know fa's work but he's here in istanbul so italy right. kind of came to her mm-hmm. so um anyways so you know she throws one more dart 
The girls leave. And then I like this again because we see – I don't want to call it a facade. But right. We see, you know, the strength wean a little bit. Yeah. And, again, letting herself kind of feel sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we also get then a parallel Sarah Connell melancholy and trying to distract himself with a book. Mm-hmm. And so he pulls this book off the shelf, which he already has a bookmark in. And the bookmark, of course, is a picture of – you know, him and Edda. Of course. And um, I loved the way um, Eliza on Twitter had uh, translated the book quote. So I'm mm-hmm. going to read what she wrote. Um, okay. It, and it's from the book um, Madonna in a Fur Coat. And um, the part that Sarkhan is reading to himself says, for a while, for a short little while, Uh, That woman rescued me from my usual mean and miserable state. She taught me that I was a man, or rather a human being, and that there were sides of me that were suitable for living, that the world might not be as meaningless as I once thought. But as soon as I lost that connection between her and me, as soon as her influence was gone from my life, I was back to my old self, and I knew then exactly how much I needed her. Mm. So, of course... He reads that and can very clearly see how applicable that is yeah. to his situation and shuts the book because mm-hmm. it's hitting a little too close to home right now. Yeah, definitely. And ugh, I just wrote, Aisha, you emotional genius. Like, <laughs> because I mean, just to, first of all, she probably drove up sales for that book. And, oh, I'm sure. And second, like, just again, like, she pulls these pieces from these stories and mm-hmm. makes them so applicable to her characters. Um, and, you know, I just – I loved it. So mm-hmm. so uh, it's the next morning and uh, Ifair knows that Ida isn't going to want to eat breakfast with them. They We kind of get a little tense moment with them. Yeah. And then we switch over to a workout. And Serkan is working out all of his frustrations mm-hmm. on that punching bag. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Engin is just waiting for him, being like, bro, you told me 20 minutes. That was an hour ago. We need to go. And he's trying to uh, snap him with a towel, which is so funny. It's such, wrote, a, such a friend thing to oh, do. Uh, and I wrote, and everyone is w- hoping or everyone is wishing that they could have Engin's seat and view. <laughs> and and I, I had written down Serkan channeling his inner Ollie Smith because, again, the DZ I'm watching, he's a boxer in mm. this in this DZ. So. And funnily enough, one of the interviews I had watched recently, I learned that he tr- – a year before that show even started, mm-hmm. he trained for that role. Like he trained six months in Turkey and then he came here to Santa Monica and trained with Tony Jeffries, who's an Olympic gold medalist boxer and has a gym so yeah like he really why didn't we know that he was in santa monica why didn't we know who he was back then Kristen? yeah because this was like back in 2015 16 that he did this i oh i wasn't even in california (laughs) no but i've been aware he's been in he was in california uh early 20 early ish 2019 um Mm. And I was very aware of it, but I like couldn't. What was I gonna? I couldn't just traipse all over LA and like I look know. for him. Like I, we're li- like we're legitimately gonna stalk him. But like, 
I mean, we could have we could have just hung out at the gym that he goes to, but that but then what are you gonna say when he walks out? Like, hey, we're just stalking you because oh we wanted gosh. to meet you. Like, <laughs> don't worry, we're not gonna boil your bunny or anything. But yeah, like- <laughs> yeah, we're not scary people at all. I swear, <laughs> we're very normal. Uh huh. But I was just thinking, how crazy would that be though? To just like you happen to be in LA when he is, and you just run into him because. You know, I'm yes, there are people here who know who he is, but I don't think to the degree they do like in Turkey. So you could easily run into him without it being this like whole thing. Right. Yeah. Anyways. I know. know. But maybe one day we'll get to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One day. (laughs) So uh, essentially we switch back to the girls. They're Edda. We we see Edda leave and things are – tense between her and Ifair still. So now it's just Fifi and Jaren. They're waiting for Ada to come back from her meeting. They're all mm-hmm. stressed out because they don't mm-hmm. know how it went. And Ada comes back and she gives them a moment of tension, you know, trying to trick them. And she looks all sad at first. But it, the meeting went well and she's going back to school. Mm-hmm. So they worked out a whole situation for her and she's going to be able to finish her degree. So yay, Ada! Yes. And she points out that once she told them that she worked for F.A., they really didn't want to lose her. So they were, like, mm-hmm. willing to work with her, you know, however, because that's going to look good on the school that, you know, they had someone there who is connected to F.A. Yeah, totally. And I wrote, see, now I know she did – yes, she did this all for herself, and I'm not trying to take away from that. But it made me a little bit happy that Sarkon technically is still kind of there helping make her dreams come true because – if it weren't for everything that's happened up to this point, she wouldn't be working for F.A. That's or true. Even she never would have even him. met him. Mm-hmm. And have this. So I'm like, in a way, he's still like helping and supporting her dreams. Like, even if it's not in a tangible, direct way. Yeah. Um, I love that. So. Yeah, anyways. that's true. So. Now, Fifi and Jaren they end up telling her at this point about iFair's debt and mm-hmm. about the financial straits that the florist is the florist shop is in right now mm-hmm. because we know that iFair came to both of them asking about mortgages and loans and all this kind of stuff yeah and talking about bankruptcy and all of this financial all of these financial issues that she's been having but didn't want them to tell Ada and now, because of the situation, because they can see the tension between the two of them, mm-hmm. they both are feeling compelled to tell her, look. Yeah, she didn't just I'm- call grandma out of the blue. <laughs> right. She didn't just keel, you know, she didn't just kneel over, kneel down and be like, oh, grandma, everything's fine. <laughs> Let me get your help for no reason. It's because your aunt is not in a good situation financially. Yeah. So Edda realizes why her aunt did it she ends up forgiving her because Mm -hmm. how can you not because there was a good reason for her to to do this so do we think that this is a little clue or foreshadowing to the fact that when she finds out why Serkan did what he did that she'll maybe be as inclined to forgive him as well Oh, totally. And Be- and I think that this is just one of multiple things that we've seen from her specifically okay. mm-hmm. and the foreshadowing that she will forgive somebody. Okay. Because that's what I, I was thinking, like, gosh, I hope this is like a hint of 
okay, she was mad because she hid something from her, but then she understood the bigger reasoning behind why she did it. And while it's, you know, while yes, it's upsetting that she kept a secret, she gets it, etc. So I'm like, please, please be what happens when you figure out why Sarah did what he did as well. Um, yeah, because there's there's this and then there's the whole thing with her saying, I'm not one who's afraid of memories. Yeah. So yeah. We, we know that she can do it. And I'm hoping that these things are a good foreshadowing. Yeah. Um. So now we're at work. Going over blueprints, Peril, Idol, mm-hmm. Sercon, and they're all kind of working. And then Edda comes bouncing in, and Layla's back, and, so, and that's the first person she sees. And she's like, "Layla, Layla, did I, did I tell you I'm so excited? Like I get to go back to school, university, blah blah blah." So basically, everybody hears because they're yeah. all jumping for joy and excited. Um, Fa congratulates her and is just really happy for her and. Um, and he's like, you know, see, what did I tell you? That's awesome. I'm so glad. And then I don't know how it translated for you, but he talked about how like her legs and arms would be dismantled. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I tried listening to what he was saying mm-hmm. and like closed my eyes so I wasn't reading the subtitles. And then I heard him say, have, um, well, really quickly. So I was like, did I hear him say Havada? Like Havada? Like in the air or of the air? And so then I was thinking like graduation, like excitement, like throw your yeah. hat in the air kind of a thing. So I had asked Miriam. I was like, this isn't really a big deal. But again, I'm trying to figure out why in the world it's being translated to dismantling arms and legs. Like, Yeah. Um, and I was excited though because she was like, no, you heard correctly. You heard it, it was about her being like thrown up in the air like – you know, okay. um, so I was thinking like kind of either being like carried on shoulders, like what you do at graduation when you're excited and stuff. Yeah. But again, just with translations where I'm like, why in the world would that somehow get understood as dismantling arms and legs? Wow. But who knows? I don't know. I was just really excited that I heard a word correctly. And like, because she was like, no, you're right. That is what you heard. And I was like, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yay me. Like, <laughs> anyhow. Um but yeah, she but she does admit to him, and this killed me because Sarkhan's listening to all of this, and obviously mm-hmm. he's happy for her. But when she says, you know, I have to admit though, I did tell them I worked for you, and I know that absolutely helped. Like I hope you don't mind. And he's like, of course I don't mind. I'm so happy for you. He's like, I'll even go and give a lecture at the school if they want. Like yeah, you know. And Sarkhan's face, like, because he's like. Ugh, you know, of course. But also at the same time, I'm like, he can't be like over there celebrating with her the way F.A. is. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So uh, it's it's a bittersweet moment for them, for sure. Yeah. But he congratulates her anyways. He does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course he does. And tells her that she deserves the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so then Safi comes in and he has a big old box of Ada's things. And uh, he comes in and he ends up talking with Layla mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, where's where's Ada? And because he has the stuff for her and Layla's like, oh, she's with Efebe. Look at Efebe. Isn't he just such a cute – isn't he just so cute? <laughs> and and, and Safi's like – <laughs> this is the this is like the best line. He says, "Layla, Serkan Bay can be mean, but no one could be cuter than him." 
I love it. So he's so protective of him. I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so he comes over and he brings the stuff to Ada and she's like, oh, is that so? Serkan Bey didn't want my stuff around. He didn't want any memories. He didn't want to deal with my stuff. Super great. Hand it to me. And then she takes it, walks right out, and just dumps it all in the dumpster. And of course, Serkan follows her as he sees her carrying the box and uh-huh. watches. And yeah. I I wrote, please tell me that Serkan does a dumpster dive and at least saves the globe. Like maybe has an immediate like, oh, okay, it was one thing to like box it up and give it to her, but it's another thing to watch it, all that stuff just get thrown in the trash. Yeah. Um, so I said, I hope he does a dumpster dive off of camera and saves the globe. But her, the way she stares at him and struts back inside the office when she finishes mm-hmm. was like such a power move. I don't know. I just loved it. Like, I know. Okay, so this was interesting to me mm-hmm. because the one thing that he put in that box was the globe, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else, the flower in the glass, he has not gotten rid of. Mm-hmm. He still has the ring. Mm-hmm. He still has all of these pictures. Mm-hmm. But the one single thing that he's gotten rid of is the thing that she gifted to him. And I think it's just another implication uh-huh. of his feelings of inferiority and his feelings of undeserving where he doesn't even think that he's worthy enough to keep a gift that she gave him for his birthday, that that's the one single thing that he allowed to be thrown out. Yeah. Yeah, because the other stuff was just her stuff that she had planted at the house to make it look like they lived together, like her pillows and all that. You're totally right. Because, yeah, Yeah. the flower just fell off of her shirt. She didn't give those to him. No, she didn't. And he bought his own ring. And, like, the lipstick, she just, you know, he Mm -hmm. kept – although we haven't seen the lipstick in a while. But – Right. he that's the only thing yeah that he you're got rid of totally right yeah oh i know i know <laughs> and it's the only birthday gift he actually liked mm-hmm. it's the only meaningful birthday gift he's ever really received oh, in his Sarah adult Khan. life as far as we can tell and he doesn't even think he's good enough to keep it sarah Khan, please go to therapy and get yeah. help we know yeah. a gr- our friend Hannah. <laughs> She'll help you. She's a mental health care professional. <laughs> She'll help you realize that you're worthy of love. <sighs> oh. <sighs> Anyways, I promise you guys, we do live in reality. I yeah. <laughs> um, I know the fact that we host a podcast and do these ridiculous deep dives every week may indicate otherwise, but I promise we have a grasp on reality. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways uh i wrote just this next scene when angan's just basically trying to steal a minute with parole but not make it obvious oh you know gosh, that they're together they were being so cute even though scene. even though everyone knows like it's super obvious yeah. i love her in green she and melo yes. look so good in that shade of green because melo yeah. was wearing a very similar shade a few weeks ago Mm-hmm. Anyways, her I just hair it. was looking really good too. Okay, I don't I was, know if she just colored it or something. That's what I was just gonna ask. Like, did she just get it redone? Because it doesn't look like crazy different, but enough that I noticed. Like mm-hmm. something I noticed too, and I liked it. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so he's just trying to be all PDA and all this stuff, and she's trying to be in work <laughs> mode, and well, and she's just laughing at him by the end of it. Uh huh. Just cute. It was a really cute interaction. <laughs> it was. I totally agree. And he's like pretending. That you're crying. <laughs> Even though nobody so buys can, it. So uh-huh. we can hug her. 
<laughs> so cute. And she's like, okay, because you know that she wants to hug him too. Uh-huh. <laughs> too much. Oh, it was really too cute. much. Yeah. Oh. So oh, this is a good scene too. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that the hateful the, little- the, the bantery dickery mm-hmm. stuff. I love it. Yeah, because. Ada goes to get coffee, and uh, Sarkhan is already there serving himself coffee. And she's like, can you move? (laughs) (laughs) I love it so, so much. (sighs) I didn't even get the rest of this, but they were just being smart to each other. He's trying to be like, you know, Ada, I think you made the right choice. It's good that you stayed and that you're working here. But she's like, she's just working on pouring the coffee. And she's like, I'm sorry, what are you saying? Oh, okay. Well, I don't need your permission or your approval. So it doesn't matter. Like, she's like not listening to him. Mm-hmm. And then as she pours one of the cups, he grabs it and he's like, thank you. And then she's like, what are you doing? That's for F.A. And like <laughs> takes it back and storms off. And he's like, well, I'll just – I guess I have to make my own coffee and like pours himself a cup. And he's like, F.A., F.A., F.A. Like he's just mumbling to himself and it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a quick safety explaining the whole work environment to Idon. Mm-hmm. And uh, – but – she already knew that they were still working together because Safi's like, yeah, she's working here, but she's working for F.A. She's mm-hmm. not working for Sarkon Bay anymore. But Aidan's like, I know that. I know that. But she starts to ask about F.A. because she has heard about him, but she doesn't know what he mm-hmm. looks like. And so she kind of just tells Safi that he needs to go spy for her. Uh-huh. And then we get a funny, awkward, very embarrassing scene of yes. F.A. Uh seeing Safi spy and Safi trying to cover it up. Yes. And then they weirdly get introduced via FaceTime. Uh-huh. I done this right there. Yeah. So, yeah. It was it's, just a funny little thing. Yeah. It was just a physically comedic scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, they're talking about the – they're having a meeting about the project presentation and Sarkon basically is like, well, I scheduled it at the farm for a more comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put, okay, Tamamozaman. Like, sure, that's why you scheduled it there. Yeah. And – but I love it because he's like, F.A., I'll send you the address. And Ed is like, no need. I'll ride with you and show you the way. Mm-hmm. And – Sarkhan, of course, is not thrilled by this. And so when they're all getting ready to leave. Freaking interfering man. Oh, my gosh. I wrote, I love drain the pool, Sarkhan, because, of course, as they're getting ready to leave, F.A.'s waiting at his car. And Sarkhan's mm-hmm. like, Edda got delayed. She's going to be late. Just go on and go ahead. Now, stupid F.A. should have known better. But he's like, oh, okay. And he, like, gets in his car and drives <laughs> okay, off. Okay, see you there. I'll believe whatever you tell me. And so when Edda walks out, she's like, F. And I, I am driving away. I am dying. I want to ask Karem so badly if this was, was him. this in the script or did you just say this and it worked? Because his whole look and everything about him just it worked perfectly. Because then all of a sudden he says, "Efe gite amasarkan burada." Basically, Efe has gone, but Sarkhan is here. And I was like, "Amasarkan burada needs to be on something." Like. He he looks like the proudest little kid you've ever yes, seen. Where he, they 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 he looks like they, the cat who ate the canary. Planned, like yeah, he planned something and it all worked out. And he is so proud of himself. He, and he, yes, <laughs> like strutting like a little peacock. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and my my note my note says jealousy is a disease, Sir Kambe. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Oh my so, goodness. Anna's like, I'll take a cab. And he's like, during this time of the, of the hour, you do realize how much traffic there's going to be? Mm-hmm. You're never going to get there in time. And do you want to be there late when you're presenting your first project, Ada? He totally is baiting her. Oh, uh-huh. And she oh knows it. But also mm-hmm. he's right. I said, I think I had tweeted like, I was. I said, "I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Amasar Kanborada tattooed on me somewhere." <laughs> and Moran, Moran said, "What's your husband gonna say?" And I was like, "It's in Turkish. He's not gonna know what it says." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Because she's like, "Uh, what about Jason? Do you think he's gonna want to see a tattoo that says Serkan was there?" And I was like, "He won't know that's what it says." <laughs> anyways, anyways, um. If anything was <sighs> if anything was cross stitch worthy for a pillow, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we get the car ride, mm-hmm. and it's a whole lot of sass. Yes, so, it is. Let me see here. Sassy Edda. I wrote she's kind of being a an ice queen, but I mean that in the best way because mm-hmm. you know she's like I I know what you did like. <laughs> And yeah. I'm not and you, and you already forced me to play into it so that I'm not late to a presentation. Hmm. Yeah, I, I must have. Oh, that one is all messed up. Sorry, it's I, okay. I had my screenshots. What the heck? Do you have this? I didn't take screenshots. I basically just, I just basically wrote like she's kind of being an ice queen, and he's like. Well, you know, if you weren't ready for this, you didn't have to agree to present. That's right. Because he asks how she's feeling about the mm-hmm. presentation. Okay. Because one of my screenshots was all blurry and I couldn't oh, read the, I, yeah. the, the subtitle. The line. Yeah. Because he asks how she's feeling and she's like, Sanane, like, what's it to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, well, I, I'm just asking you a question about work. And she's like, well, this is my first presentation, if that's what you wanted to hear. So, of course, I'm worried. Mm -hmm. And so he says, well, yeah, like you said, if you weren't ready, then maybe you shouldn't have agreed to do it. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, and if you weren't ready, you might not have – maybe you shouldn't have accepted me into your life. Yes, girl. And then he's like, what's that supposed to mean? Oh, brother. (laughs) You're not an idiot, so you know exactly what it means. And he's like, will you look at me? (laughs) Like, you're driving, dude. Like, I don't think you need to be making eye contact right now. Uh (laughs) Men. Oh my gosh. But it kills me. Like, this should really annoy me for Uh all intents and purposes. I should hate this, but I love it. Uh huh. And he's like, give me that. And he starts to grab the presentation folder. Again, while driving a car. (laughs) She's like, what are you doing? He's like, no offense, but you're acting like a teenager. Oh, my gosh. Who's acting like a teenager? (laughs) Again, she's like, Sanane, what's it to you? Why do you care? He's like, why do you, why do I care? And she says, you can't meddle in my affairs. Do you Mm -hmm. hear me? And he says, I'm sorry, but if you if you act like that, there's no work left. <laughs> She's like, why are you worried? Uh-huh. Why are you still trying to control me? And he says, I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> but then he really does actually, like, give her specific tips. Like, 
about like not just staring at the note cards. It's more about how you present than being able to just recite something from memory. Like he really is like you. He desperately wants her to do well and succeed at this. He does. But he, he does. of course can't just say that because right. <laughs> It's. It was just comical to me. Uh-huh. Oh, it totally <laughs> they're, was. They're both. I'm like, oh my gosh, you two idiots. Yep. Just, just kiss already. Yeah. <laughs> I really need an angry, angry kiss. Like, uh, yeah. So <sighs> anyway, she's like, I don't need your help. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And give me that. Don't touch me. And they're both just being little petulant teenagers with yes, each other. Yes, they are. Oh, man. Meanwhile, so. El- Erdem is still at Art Life, and he's like, this mm-hmm. is my home now. Like, he's <laughs> <laughs> Oi. So Fifi shows up, and mm-hmm. she's like, you didn't show up. And he basically tells her, well, I wanted to show you that you can be rejected, too. And yeah. basically, it seems like a war has begun between them, because she's like, oh, okay, that's how it's going to be, yeah. and kind of, like, leaves. And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, like... Yeah. As soon as she's out of sight, like, realizes it took everything in him to act like he wasn't being affected. Right. Um, so it seems like a little war has begun between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Edsir gets to the house. And as they're walking in, she's like, you can calm down because you know the client's going to choose your project. Like, right. You know, she knows. And he just says, kismet. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming yep. he just means, like, whatever the destiny is. Like, yeah. Like, destiny will decide. Fate will mm-hmm. decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So presentation time and essentially Ada, her focus is kind of the experience of it and uh, making sure that the clients are enjoying their time while they're there, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. Sercon's whole focus is implementation and perfection. Mm-hmm. So it it's all very much their personalities right. in their presentations. And it's just funny because – Ada does a really good job on her presentation. She she kills it. And then when Serkan goes up mm-hmm. and he starts saying all this stuff, Engin's because Pearl's like, why isn't he talking about the details? Uh-huh. He's being super basic with his presentation. What's the deal? Mm-hmm. And Engin's like, he's trying to lose. <laughs> yeah. Like he says, he d- it, mine said he didn't want to overshadow Ada. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Engin's like, thinks that he's throwing the game uh-huh. so that Ada wins. He wants uh-huh. to make sure that her idea mm-hmm. is the one that succeeds. Yeah. Oh, I know. Because he's like focusing on the architecture and stuff that he's probably thinking they're not going to care anything about. Right. Because he's so. like, well, you can see, because he basically tells them, you can see the landscape in these pi- pictures, so I'm not going to go into detail about that. And it's mm-hmm. like, but that's kind of the whole point of this. Like, right. Yeah. So, um, you're right. And you can tell even when Edda's presenting, like, he's all proud of her because, like, when she talks about these floor-to-ceiling windows, he knows exactly why because then mm-hmm. he flashes back to their first, like, lunch and talking about the view and all that. Like, I just oh, – I'm just mm-hmm. sad because I'm like, you can tell he's so proud of her. But, he, again, he can't show it. Um, yeah. And so basically what ends up happening is – exactly what Sarkon secretly wanted to happen. The client's like, you guys both did a great job. And he's like, you know, I know I'm supposed to pick one, but basically I want Sarkon's architecture presentation to be mixed mm-hmm. with Edda's landscape presentation. Yeah. Can we do that? And Sarkon, of course, is like, well, if it's okay with F, you know, if that's okay with F.A. Mm-hmm. And of course, F.A.'s like, if that's okay with Edda. And um, it's, you know, decided. And then you can see the kind of, 
slightly satisfied look on Sercon's face. And Angan's yeah. like, yeah, he did this on purpose. Like, yeah. he knows his best friend. So yeah. um, when, I love it because he wa- – do you notice too when she's all smiley, he's just watching her? Like, Yeah, but – it was also really sad because he Edda Yildizes her and she does not reciprocate. Yeah. And <gasps> you're right. Cause he says, Congratulations, Edda Yildiz. And mm-hmm. she just says, You too, huh? Yeah. She just says Sunday, not uh-huh. not yeah. congratulations, Sir Combolot. I totally missed that. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> and it's, that's their I thing. think the first time that she doesn't reciprocate. Yeah. When he last names her. And Aww. I was like, oh, that hurts. Poor baby. Oh. So then I wrote, oh, shock. F.A. wants to celebrate because he seems to want to always celebrate everything. <laughs> so He's just a good time loving guy. Uh, that F.A. Bay. <laughs> that F.A. Bay. <laughs> oh. So he's. There, he's kind of like, let's go on a trip for work. Let's all celebrate together. And Motivational then, hike in Chile. Yeah. And Sarkon's like, I need no motivation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which is so Sarkon. And he's like, but if you guys all need it, anyone who needs motivation, go right ahead. Right. Oh, my gosh. So everyone's dispersing. And Edda kind of basically is like, okay. She's like, well, then I guess those of us who want to go will be there. Like, yeah. And she decides to go home with F.A. because F.A.'s like, Sarah Connor, are you taking her home? And he's like, no. And it is like, that's fine. You can drop me at the nursery. And mm-hmm. they everybody leaves. Um, And so then we get – I didn't go into crazy detail, but – Me either. Edda and Ifair make up, basically. Mm-hmm. She, you know, brings yeah. in soup. And they have a very sweet moment. And basically, she explains how she understands why she did what she did. But also, can we please be done with the secrets from one another? It's not yeah. good when either of us does it. So – Let's be done with it. And things are – they're on good terms. Things are great. Um, uh, yeah. So they make promises and all that. And I did say I really like Hyundai in that color. Mm, she yeah. looks good in that she shade does. of blue, teal, turquoise, whatever it was. Um, she does. Anyways, so. Yeah. So uh, we – now it's time for the little company retreat. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, oh, Sarah Khan's not coming. Sarah Khan's not coming. And I said, sure, Jan. Because yep. boy, boy rolls right up. Oh. And he's like, well, I'm only here because you're all here, not because I believe in this nonsense. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, we all correction, you're only here because Edda is here. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wrote, yeah, I wrote, LOL, Tamam Sarkombe. Mm-hmm. And then I put, as he stares into Edda's soul, because he's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because he does. He's just like burrowing holes in her forehead. Um <laughs> With his with his intense staring. And yes. so the the camp dude guy is like, everybody's split into teams. And of course, mm-hmm. Edda specifically makes sure she's on whatever side Sarkon is not on. Yeah. As his eyes follow her every single move. <laughs> then they each, of course, wind up being team captains. And Edda kind of is like, well, I think F.A. should be my co-captain. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, and I said, oh, and did you notice? Of course, Sarkon is the captain of the red team mm-hmm. because we all know red on that mug means you're in love and we all know that boy is helplessly in love with her yep and okay then, so this whole driving thing mm-hmm. when my translations for the rule obviously it's some sort of driving competition right. but th- 
Like, do we need to know anything other than that? Honestly, I don't think so. I thought it was weird because he just had them split into teams. And then he's like, okay, now I'm going to draw pairs for this thing. And I'm like, well, then why'd they split into two teams? Because you're just drawing pairs from the whole pot of names. From opposite teams, it seems like. So here's what I think. There's a few things that I think all of this, I think stuff just kind of got mushed together because they were pressed for time so that's what i was thinking was like that this whole camp thing was meant mm-hmm. to be much further extended yes. maybe yes. with more more team activities right that's what i okay. think too okay yes. that makes so, a lot of sense i think it was like okay let's i mean they were shooting up until the day before the episode aired gosh. so and then the, they, they those have poor edit editors and yes oh my gosh so i think the all of this the uh, the fact that any of it made sense is amazing because yeah. you know so basically he's like we're gonna do this driving competition it's like kind of off roading because it's these like pumped up jeeps and all this stuff mm-hmm. so he draws names and of course <laughs> one's gonna be the navigator one's gonna be the driver and then they're supposed to switch at some point and like it's just right. supposed to be this whole thing so yeah. he draws Edda and Sarkon uh-huh. and you know she's like higher yoke no not happening and he yeah. baits her. Of course, to get her to agree. Now he says Eda honey, doesn't he? Okay, we've we've dealt with this before. In episode four, he does the same thing. Okay. Honey, H A N I, uh-huh. is like, um, like okay, come on, like okay, it, but it sounds like because remember in episode four we were like he called her honey, and then Miriam corrected me and was okay. like, I okay. know that you thought that was cute, but like honey is actually like. A word. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know, like, but did I, I mishear that. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. You, so I must not. You must not have told me that that is what that. I that think that's a word. Yeah. Like, I think after I, Miriam corrected. Yes. Because I think yeah she corrected after the podcast episode had aired. Okay. And I probably okay, just perfect. forgot to mention it the next time. Like okay. Yeah. So no, no, I, that's good. That's otherwise, helpful. yes. Otherwise, I would have been right there with you again because <laughs> I was so excited about him calling her that in that episode. Yes. But then I was like, oh, yeah, that's not what happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, because he's kind of like, you You wanted me to come here and. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry, what? All I said was that anybody who wanted to would come. And he's like, you dropped a hint. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And he's like, are you not brave enough? Mm-hmm. And then she says, fine, well, I'll do it, but on one condition. And the condition is that she's driving. Uh-huh. I love it because, yeah, you know exactly. That's what it, she doesn't actually say that, but you know that's what the condition is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the next shot is them in the car and she's uh-huh. in the driver's seat. And uh-huh. he's like, the last time you were going to drive us, you almost got us killed. Which actually isn't <laughs> even true, but whatever. No, it's fun. not. And she's like, oh, so you're afraid I'm going to kill you, Sarkon Bolat? She does mm-hmm. last name him here. Um, yeah. They take off. Of course, he's like kind of telling her to slow down that she's being crazy. She's smirking. Effie and Celine are kind of being competitive and trying to get ahead. And Sarkon's trying to navigate her. But Edda just does what she wants. And yeah. kind of goes into these crazy, crazy driving antics. Even Effie's like, is she crazy? Like when yeah. they see like what she's doing. Yeah, during the live watch, I was like, Edda and Celine should have gone together. They would have had a blast. They you were like, go, go, go. You know what's <laughs> funny? B Gay posted a behind the scenes and they did share a car at one point. Like, oh. because B Gay's filming while Edda's, uh, Edda, Hyundai's driving. So I was okay. like, oh, I love that Hyundai and B Gay did that. 
apparently at some point probably between takes like had fun with that so that's so funny because i would have liked that too actually yeah because during that scene Celine's like gas gas <laughs> yeah she's like all into faster it. but yeah. of course we needed this whole thing to happen uh, yeah this game of chicken essentially because uh-huh. she starts doing crazy driving moves and she's on a different route and she's like well you need to apologize to me and he's like we're seriously going to talk about this right now. Like, basically, as my life is in your hands, this is what you want to talk about. <laughs> right. And she, he's like, you realize we're headed straight to the ocean, right? Like, you're going to drive us right into the water. And she's like, I know. She doesn't care. She just keeps going. <laughs> and then, of course, when they get really close, he's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she stops the car. Right. She gets out. You have all these screenshots. Yeah. Um, because then she gets out of the car and stops. And then mm-hmm. they have this kind of confrontation. Yeah, because she gets out and he's like, Edda, Edda, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Are you satisfied? And she says, excuse me? Sorry to to ruin your life. Sorry for – oh, wait, no, no, no. That's him, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. He says, I'm sorry to have ruined your life. I'm sorry for everything. And she says, if you hadn't have been thinking about your own death, you wouldn't have even apologized. Mm -hmm. She's like, do you even understand that? Mm -hmm. And he says, what does this have to do with anything? What does it have to do with it? What if something happened to you? I love that was all he was. It wasn't that he was like, oh, I'm going to apologize so that I don't die. He, She was driving like a maniac and he didn't want anything to happen to her. To her. <sighs> that I was like, oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. Because she's like, the only reason I even got you to say anything is because you were worried. You were Afraid. Worried about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, actually, no, I was worried about if something had happened to you. Yeah. <sighs> and then she says, what's the difference? Yeah. What does that matter? What does it matter? <sighs> and, and then Celine and F.A. drive up. We do get a good like seven seconds of his like, he, if you notice, I slowed it. I made a gif and I slowed it down. I should have sent it to you because his jaw, jaw does clench? that. Yes, his jaw and cheek does that like clenching oh thing gosh. as he's staring at her, and she's care staring what at him. Says about dental health, but those I know. jaw clenches. I know. <sighs> I will take all of them all because the time, every you day. can just tell like there's so much he's not saying, and he mm-hmm. wants to say it. And she, it's, it's the physical proof that he's mm-hmm. holding back. Yes, he. Gosh, I think that's why it's so effective. Yes. Absolutely, 100%. Like, and when I sit there and think about it from a this is fictional perspective, it's really impressive because Mm -hmm. it's like, again, this isn't actually happening. Right. This is a fake story, but he is portraying it so well. And she is portraying her hurt and her like confusion. Like, what do you mean if something had happened to me? What would it have mattered if it did to you? Like, yeah. uh, And, you know, so again, tip of the tongue moment, but then F.A. and Celine show up and she's like, are you guys okay? What happened? And she's like, yeah, kind of breaks the moment. And she's like, I'm fine. F.A. and like leaves yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. Sarah and Celine leave together and wind up back at the campsite. Yeah. Um, and I just wrote, he looks so tortured and torn and it just kills me. Like, yeah. So they're back at camp. Everyone's kind of grouped back. And it seems like they had done other activities because it's the right. guy – the guy's like, you know, we could go on, but you guys have done a lot today, so we can just, like, call it a day. And they're like, okay, thank yeah. you. And Sarkhan's, like, looking around. He's like, okay, I have to ask something. Where's Edda? Mm-hmm. And F.A. says, oh, she told me she was going for a walk to 
grab some air, but that she knows these grounds. Like, mm-hmm. and Jaren's like, she's out in the forest by herself. Uh, right. So everyone kind of disperses to start to look for her. Mm-hmm. And the guide, specifically, the guide, the guide guy, whatever, camp. I can't, I can't. The camp counselor. Thank you. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, I checked this whole thing. We need to check the other side of the mountain though. Um, So they all start walking and calling for her. Mm-hmm. And I love this. They're all paying attention to what this guy's saying. Serkan's like looking around. Yeah. And I wrote, Serkan's soulmate spidey senses are tingling. And yeah. I eat that crap up because yeah. everybody starts going off. And even F.A.'s like, Serkan, are you coming? And he's like, you guys go, I'll catch up. Yep. And he walks in an entirely different direction mm-hmm. for no good reason other yep. than his soul is just reaching out to hers and he's like following his heart literally to go find her. And I don't care how <laughs> cheesy someone thinks that is or how dumb they think it is. I And for all the Swifties listening, I immediately thought of Invisible String because there's a line in that song that says, isn't it just so pretty to think that all along there was an invisible string tying you to me? And, like, that's kind of the the theme with them because even though it's – right now it's a bad string because it's, you know, it's her. But it's still it's, a string. It's still a string, yeah. There's like still her. that connection. Yep. And so they're just bound and I – oh, I freaking love it. So – well, and also there, like, because I I love that too. I I totally agree with the the connection and mm-hmm. and all of that. And I think also because he knows her so well, yep. like he knows which way she would mm-hmm. walk. He knows where she would go mm-hmm. to take solace in the woods or the wilderness or whatever. Yep. I totally so agree. He he treks up that hill. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, okay. But God bless you, editors. I, like, it's such a close-up shot when he's climbing it. (laughs) So close. And he's got this, like, park ranger look to him because he's got these, like, khaki Uh cargos and, like, that tan uh shirt. With a jacket. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, uh (laughs) Mm uh-huh. And it's so interesting because when he finds her, Mm -hmm. he's really very calm. Yes, he is. Um, and I was like, okay, he's not really panicking right, right now. He seems to be very, um, strategically like checking, okay, mm-hmm. she's broken breathing. bones. Yeah. Cause he's like uh-huh. checking her legs, I noticed and stuff. Um, and I was like, it, oh, he must be checking for broken bones. But how Saracon is that? Like, exactly, exactly. I was like, he is him finding her and kind of assessing the situation mm-hmm. is the most Sarkon way mm-hmm. he could have responded. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, because I mean, even when it was his dad, like, yeah, he was panicked a bit, but like, mm-hmm. he's like, sit down. Okay, safety, call an ambulance. Like, right. You know what I mean? Um, yep. He stayed cool under the pressure. Yes. So yeah. it's very him. Um, And so, of course, it's just him kind of like stroking her face and getting her to wake up and all of that. Um, and the episode yeah. ends. So, I actually have a theory because of the um, – because, you know, Aisha and both MF Yapum tend to release emojis for, like, the progression of the episode every week as, like, a clue mm-hmm. a couple days ahead. And hers had ended with um, a heart and something else, which I was like – it didn't yes. really feel very indicative of this ending. So right. I ha- – here's – I have a feeling that it was supposed to be – her waking up and saying or doing something that indicates she thinks they're still together 
like mm. and that like things are good and happy between them and then him maybe being a little bit confused and then it ending like i think i i could see that yeah because yeah i'm looking at her at her uh, emojis emojis mm-hmm. cuz it's got like a man running and uh-huh. then little stars. So uh-huh. like like he finds Edda. And she or like, like wait. she uh-huh. Like she wakes up and sees stars, because that's obviously like a thing in cartoons, like when they wake right. up from being knocked over the head or something. Yeah. Right. And there's a little like explosion too. Uh-huh. And then a heart to end. Yes. It. Yes. Yeah. So I think there was supposed to be like maybe another 10, 15 minutes of stuff that happened that. right here. Um but again, because they lost two days of filming and were filming up until Mon- I'm sorry, Tuesday night, uh, right. the day before this episode aired, um, they ended it where they did. Because it still mm-hmm. ended on a like kind of cliffhangery note. I mean, she hasn't woken up yet. He just found her. Like, right. It's still kind of on a tense moment. So right. um, yeah, so that's my theory is that, the- that I think it was originally supposed to be her waking up and then like saying or doing something indicative of her loving him like mm-hmm. um yeah and because we also know how when she wakes up if this was like a falling asleep spell because can we also note she doesn't have a speck of dirt or a hair out of place <laughs> yeah so yeah like like okay I, elephant in the room i know there's so many people who are like ek19 ek19 and i'm not gonna get like crazy into that but yeah um but at least in that episode <laughs> Like, Sunem had leaves in her hair, and, like, like it was very clear she had, like, fallen into the hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that so, was that was definitely – it's there are all these very convenient holes all over Turkey where yeah. women can conveniently fall into <laughs> so, when, when they yes, need to be discovered by their true love. <laughs> yes, and Tina on Twitter, she was, like – because, oh my gosh, of course, so Twitter exploded with, you know, feelings and opinions and all yes. that, but – um. She was like, listen, you guys should really stop arguing about, like, who copied who and be more concerned about all these random holes in Turkey that these poor rom-com <laughs> girls keep falling into. And it's like, that is so true. <laughs> Turkey is not safe for <laughs> women because you might fall into a hole. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. But, yeah. So, like, listen, you guys. Oh, man. We know this is not anything new soap operas have been doing this stuff for years yeah if you've watched an american soap ever like this is like a requirement at some point um yeah but listen so i I didn't mad about it no i wasn't mad about it i didn't care like and I, i think i've said this before too the more dz's i watch the more i'm also realizing and just accepting, we're yes. gonna see repeated things. Like there's I think there's gonna even, be a lot of cliches. There's gonna be yes. a lot of very specific tropes, especially. Right. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Yes. I, I think had I seen this a year ago, yes, I, I was just probably say, would have yep. been way more irritated about it. Yep. But same. Seeing it this time, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, it's a trope. Like, right. Yep. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I totally agree. Because I, I even think there's things that if we were covering EK today versus mm-hmm. when we did, I think there's things we'd probably feel differently about than we did back then. Um, yeah. Just because we've both watched more DZ since then. Mm-hmm. And we 
are a lot more immersed in the DZ world. Um, yes. So, yeah, honestly, it's a trope and a cliche for a reason. They work. And if this is going to help move the plot forward into what I'm very much looking forward to based on the two fragments, like mm-hmm. – because it seems like at first I flipped out because I was like, oh, my gosh, if they give her amnesia, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> but it just seems like brain fog. Like, okay. Because and she's kind of like in a bit of a fog from maybe her head injury. <laughs> um, Which would track. Yes. At least temporarily. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And even one of the girls in our group had said um, – yeah, you know, like, I actually b- would believe brain fog. Like, when I got into an accident, like, I still can't really put together the first, like, the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes after of of it happening. Like, I oh, cannot really recall that. Um, it's all very fuzzy. It's all very blurry. Like, I know it happened, but mm. I could not tell you about it chronologically. Um, okay. You know, so brain fog is a thing. And Well, and the thing is, Ada has a condition where uh-huh. she falls asleep when she is under high amounts of stress. Mm-hmm. And that little interaction with Serkan obviously triggered her. Yes. Because she went walking off on her mm-hmm. own and needed some time, needed some space. Right. Maybe she was out there and she fell asleep. Mm-hmm. And we have seen her even just waking up from like a normal, the what is like it, a the good first night episode sleep. where she is asleep and uh-huh, on she the beach. wakes up. Yes. And her brain hasn't fully connected yet. And she's uh-huh. smiling at him. Uh-huh. Like this is a, a recurring thing with Eda to when she's like just waking up or if she's really tired, she's not all there mentally so this totally tracks to me and all of the scenes in the fragments where she is yeah by the way i'm a hypocrite and i'm watching fragments now yes can't stop one of (laughs) us one of us (laughs) i had all these principles and now they're out the window because i was like i have to see Mm -hmm. um but she's in the same outfit yep as as her fall so yep it to me indicates that not a lot of time has passed. Mm-hmm. So I I totally agree. I think this could just be a brain fog thing. And, and so then, if only the last couple of days are unclear, mm-hmm. that could be why she's like, wait, I don't really remember us breaking up. And then as things start to become more and more clear, she's like, okay, it's forcing her to think it back over. And thank God, like we said the last episode, <sighs> yes. we know our girl is smart and she's figuring out. There has to be a different reason behind it because it just doesn't make sense. Yep. And um, so I also think, too, that we are going to get flashbacks to the curtain night. Um, okay. Because her nail color changes. Okay. Um, in certain scenes of the fragment. Mm-hmm. And um, the ring she was wearing that same night is back on her finger. Okay. Not the engagement ring, but a ring. Um, okay. Granted, in one of the scenes, it's on the wrong finger, but I honestly think that's just an oversight. I really think it was supposed to be like, oh, this is the ring she was wearing and the color nails she had. Okay. Because if you remember one in one of the fragments where she's like, she's trying to piece things together. So she's telling him, okay, tell me about a day that you hurt someone. Tell me yeah. about the best day, the day you remember being happiest and mm-hmm. tell me about like uh, a different – another day. I can't remember the Yeah. Moment. So I think when it's telling me about a day that you were the happiest, I mm-hmm. think he starts thinking back to the curtain night and we get more um, okay. insight into what happened there. Okay. Um, and so I think some of those scenes, like when they're holding hands and having breakfast inside, like I think that mm-hmm. might be a flashback scene and not – That would make um, sense. Yeah. So yeah. Um, 
And then, of course, when it seems like they're kind of back in the real world and back at work, mm-hmm. she's talking with Pearl and she's like, they're just – there has to be something. Like, something isn't yeah. sitting right. And Pearl's like, I think you're right because, mm-hmm. you know, we all went and looked for you, Edda, where the guide basically told us to. Yeah. And Serkan just stood there frozen because he felt you. Like, yep. there's something. And yeah. God bless Pearl for that. And I know. Um, and so then – and, like, Ruby's been sending me all these theories. I love her so much. Like, um, And one of them, though, was so funny because she goes, I'm sorry, but she this this was just this morning. Um, I woke up to this. Uh-huh. So she texted me this morning and was like, here's today's prediction. And she sent me a screen grab of – the second fragment where she uh she walks into work but she's wearing like um basically Is like it it looks the like a sweater an, vest thing it, it's the sweater vest thing and like a like an oversized men's collared work shirt but she's uh-huh. wearing it almost like a dress you know <laughs> she goes so here's today's prediction she goes I'm sorry, but this god-awful outfit is made up entirely of Sercon's clothes. She goes, which would also explain the face he makes and her cat and the canary – cat ate the canary smile. Because when she walks in, the next shot is him looking at her and his eyebrows raise like, what? Uh-huh. So <laughs> she's like, it's just there's nothing else that could explain that outfit at all except her being like, take that, Sercon. I don't love you anymore, Bolot. <laughs> and she's like – and something impulsive like that fits her behavior because she mm-hmm. kisses him in the first episode, jumping into the pool, mm-hmm. telling Celine that they're moving in and getting married. Like, yeah. she's like, so Sarkhan really shouldn't be that surprised. He should be impressed with the war tactics that she's using. That's so funny. And I love it. And then she's like, and then can – because I told her, I was like, okay, but I kind of need this to be the case now. Like, I yeah. kind of want that to be it. Yeah. And she's like, same. Can you imagine if Angan and Perel knew that those are his clothes? Like, maybe Perel won't po- poke fun at Sarakon, but you know Angan will because he'd be getting him back for the whole oh, yeah. you're wearing the same clothes thing. Mm-hmm. So I just like that very funny fragment theory because we've been like picking it apart <laughs> big time, like deep dive. What yes. does this mean? What does that mean? And then she's like, I have a theory. And I just was cracking up because That's I was so like, funny. that is so true because I don't I don't really love that. I mean. It's Hyundai. She looks amazing in it because she's Hyundai. Yeah. But I don't love it. So I was like, I kind of would like if it was like, oh, shoot, we were just at the mountain house and I needed to put something on for work. <laughs> it's like his clothes. That would be amazing. Anyhow. Oh, so, man. Yeah. So um, hopefully the, the – yeah, I'm I'm interested in next – well – in two days when it yeah. when it airs me too me too uh so yeah i'm very much looking forward to this episode there mm-hmm. i again they did the fragments so well because we get all this stuff yeah i don't actually really know what's gonna happen i mean i know i do think they might have spoiled the ending again when she was like overhearing idon and sarkon talk i think that might be like a final scene thing hmm. um because MF Yapum released emojis and they have they used the deaf girl emoji, which I thought was interesting, but I think they were just trying to indicate like she because it's it's an emoji of the person like holding their finger near their ear. Oh. Uh, so I don't think they were trying to say, say like a deaf say person. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they were trying to say a deaf person. I think they were trying to say like she overhears a conversation. Mm, okay. Um so I'm I'm hoping it doesn't quite end there. What I am hoping is that she confronts him like Okay, I heard you talking to your mom. Tell me right now. I'm done with secrets. I'm done with people keeping things from me. Yeah. And then I hope that he tells her and then I'm okay with the episode ending. Um, 
Yeah. I just I just really want the truth to come out. Like Yeah. And I have a feeling she'll at least start to push about about it. Because mm-hmm. I think that whatever happens, brain fog, amnesia, whatever, I think that it's gonna help disconnect the emotional portion that mm-hmm. she's been in. Because obviously after a breakup, you're gonna right. be mostly emotional about the situation yeah, in this headspace uh-huh. uh-huh and i think it's gonna help separate her from that and put her back into a more logical mindset mm-hmm. and to where she is asking those questions and she's yes. saying i think there's something else behind this mm-hmm. so totally be, I'm, I'm excited to see how me too i'm very much looking forward to 16 so mm-hmm. um yeah anyways if there was more i'm sorry you guys i my brain is like at capacity so <laughs> i'm sure we're good yeah, so that is our good grief. This episode's longer than like last week's, and this episode of Central Kapama was like half an hour shorter than a normal one. <laughs> Sorry, we we just can't stop talking about it, you guys. Um, anyway, so thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and for those of you who live watch on Wednesdays, I'll be around doing a live watch, so you can find me on mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram. Um. Maybe if Ashley's work schedule isn't too crazy, maybe she can pop in and say hi. Um, I know. I think I have meetings. Meetings, adult life, responsibilities, blah, Uh, work, boom. Um, So, yeah. And anyways, so thank you guys for joining us. Find us all over social media. It's all in the notes. We have the links to the North America 10 um, information that we shared with you guys about at the beginning of the episode. So be sure to check them out. And we will, of course, be back next week to talk all about 16 and whatever goes down in that episode. So until next time, good as shit is, post your call.